Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I could have ruined a relationship 10 years ago. So in high school, I was in my first relationship. He was my first everything. And I would say I was in love with him even for years after our relationship ended. We broke up when I was 18 and he was 20. Shortly after, he started dating a girl who is now his wife. One night, close to the end of my senior year, I was at a party and I needed a ride home. I couldn't drive for obvious reasons. And the only person I felt I could trust to get me home safe was him. So I called him and he came and he took me home. I guess I confessed how messed up I was about the breakup and him moving on so quickly. Like the years we were together meant nothing to him. Like the pieces of me I gave to him were worthless in his eyes. He didn't say much, just walked me to my door and made sure I got inside safe. He texted me to make sure I drank Gatorade and had a leave ready for me to take when I woke up. Two days later, he called. He said what I confessed was eating him up and he wanted to see me. He wanted to meet up at a place that was special to us and talk. The place I lost my virginity to him. I immediately said yes, so we made the plans. The day of though, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that to his SO. I cancelled and told him I couldn't break someone else the way I've been broken. He understood and we never spoke again. Now for years I regretted it. I always wondered what if. One day he sent me a message thanking me for saying all I said to him and for refusing to see him. He said I forced him to grow up and learn how to treat people who loved him and loved them right in return. Two days later he was engaged. I locked myself in my room for two days and cried. When the two days were over, I felt a weight lifted off my shoulders. I felt free of him, of my want for what I imagined life with him would be. I am now married to a man who adores me and have a beautiful daughter and another on the way. I'm happy, I'm successful, and I'm loved beyond my wildest dreams. And I'd like to think I'd have none of this if I decided to hurt another woman. I made the right choice and I have no regrets. And there we go. See, some stories on here can be quite positive, let's be fair. I thought this one wasn't gonna end well, but thankfully it did. And it seems that for pretty much everyone involved in this story, OP, your ex, your ex's now wife, and your now husband and family, OP, it's just the best outcome. So uh, yeah, overall, good stuff. A positive true off my chest. My brother keeps stealing my lingerie and I don't know what to do. For some context, I am an 18-year-old woman and I have two younger brothers, Jake, who is 15, and Henry, who is 7. My mum is in Berlin right now on a trip, so I am babysitting the two for this week. It pretty much started this morning during the morning routine. I wake up at 5.30, have my breakfast and such, then I wake the boys up at 6 so they can have their breakfast before they go to school and before I head off to college myself. However, this morning was different. I went into Jake's room to find my lacy bra right next to his bed. Shocked, I obviously confront him, saying, Why the heck is my bra in your room? To which he meekly replied, Oh, uh, it was put in my washing. I know for a fact that it hadn't just been put in his washing. As one, I do the washing. And two, I did not put this item in the wash as it's somewhat fragile. After he left for school, I did some more investigating and I found several pairs of my bras, underwear, and even some socks. 
I have no idea what to do I messaged my mum to ask what the heck this was about and to tell him off But all she had to say was along the lines of boys will be boys and how he's at that age If you get what I mean and if I had a problem with it, I should just buy him a dirty magazine What I told her several times to consider how I feel in this scenario that my younger brother is stealing my lingerie And such to do who knows what to she basically though stuck up for him entirely and even blamed me for it And I don't think I can convince her otherwise. I just don't know what to do or to feel Am I making this a bigger deal than what it is? Am I overreacting? What the heck do I do? Okay, look, I do understand the phrase boys will be boys in in general, right? But there's a limit isn't there? I get it. It's a tough age growing up You know, you're learning about lots of different things. Let's just say that and understanding yourself. I get it But uh, surely at this point you say okay, we get this as well, you know from your mother's point of view I get this son, but you can't just go around stealing your older daughter's bra like that isn't actually allowed yeah it's a tough time for you working things out no worries here for you and all that but there are limits to it and you you can't do that surely that's the thing to say not oh just buy him a dirty magazine instead and that will stop him and even blaming your eldest daughter for it that is just a little bit insane how about this take all your mum's underwear and all her bras and stuff give that to your brother and then see how your mum likes it that is the solution here i told my boyfriend it was his fault his son was in critical condition Yes, I'm a heartless female dog, apparently. My grandma died on April the 26th. She was my best friend. She's the first real loss I've experienced. I am shattered about it. On April the 29th, my boyfriend's son was in a major car wreck. He and his friend were drinking and his friend got behind the wheel and drove. Thankfully, they hurt nobody but themselves, but his son's best friend died and his son was in critical condition, as any parent can imagine. My boyfriend was very stressed about it. In the middle of me grieving, I'm doing all I can to be there for my boyfriend. I spent the first two days at the hospital being supportive of him. I went home on the third day to take care of our house, do laundry, clean up, take care of the dogs, so my boyfriend didn't have to worry about it. I came back to the hospital to deliver dinner to my boyfriend. I wasn't going to stay because I still had to do laundry before going to work the following day. I dropped off dinner and my boyfriend says, oh, you didn't have to bring dinner, I already ate. I was slightly annoyed because I just wasted gas and I wasn't planning on staying. Thoughtlessly, I said, well, I wouldn't have come if I'd known. I realized my mistake immediately and apologized, but my boyfriend yelled at me in front of his entire family to leave and called me a dumb female dog. I left without argument because I knew it was wrong of me to say that. So today I'm home finishing laundry, etc. And my boyfriend comes home to take a shower. We get into a huge argument because I couldn't stand how he was talking to me My grandma just died and instead of me grieving I'm trying to put all that to the side and be selfless and split time at the hospital and take care of things at home So my boyfriend doesn't have to worry when he gets to leave the hospital Apparently it wasn't good enough for my boyfriend He insulted me and called me a dumb fat female dog told me i'm selfish told me nobody cares about your grandma or your feelings Nobody cares that she died Obviously, you're alone because you don't have a support system. Where are all your friends? To add, I moved from Alabama to Colorado and have struggled with keeping friends. The majority of my support system is in Alabama. It's a point of pain for me. Aside from that, but I do struggle with my weight due to medical issues. I'm really not that big. 
I could lose 40 pounds and be back to my expected BMI. Anyway, so at this point, I saw red and shouted, you raised your son to think drinking and driving was okay, and now his best friend killed himself and put your son in a critical condition. Your dad of the year. Now, I knew that was screwed up, but I can't take it back. I'm just so fed up with the insults. I'm fed up with how he's acted since she died before his son got in a wreck and i'm sick of him acting like my grieving was no big deal neither of our pains are comparable or invalid aside from that but he is acting like i'm the bad guy for not staying at the hospital 24 7 like him i was trying to do normal adult things so he didn't have to when i'd rather lay in bed for eternity i'm the jerk here but i don't care i'm fed up with my pain and sadness being ignored yeah i think you gotta leave op Sorry, I mean, I could I could go wishy-washy on this and, and talk about the actual story in and of itself. But for me, it's pretty clear you just got to get out of there. You two don't get along and that's because he's just not a nice person and is quite selfish. Don't get me wrong. A horrible spot that he's in, of course. However, he is completely undermining everything that you've gone through. And maybe it's harsh, but there is merit to, the, to what you're saying, right? It was your boyfriend's son and his son's friend's fault that they got into the situation. Whereas I don't think it was your grandma's fault that she died. That You know what? I'd probably rescind that comment. But I can understand why you've said that in the heat of the moment. Because it, it does actually make literal factual sense. Of course, it doesn't remove from the fact that, yes, you're both grieving in, in your own ways. And, and you said it yourself, you know one person's grievance doesn't undermine the others and they're not comparable etc but still you're being nice here he's being horrible moral of the story i think you gotta go i found out the hard way yesterday that my wife is a serial shoplifter i came home yesterday to find the police at our house my wife told me that she'd made a very poor decision her claim was that she went grocery shopping but forgot her wallet and for whatever reason decided it would be a good idea to just leave with the groceries and come back to pay this went about as well as you may have expected it was also a lie they caught her by catching her plate number on camera the officer issued her a summons for sixth degree larceny shoplifting and a court date a couple of weeks from now a few hours later the house of cards fell apart the police summoned her to the station and told her that the supermarket has biometric cameras and they matched her face to two previous incidents this year where she loaded up bags of groceries and just walked out the entrance they had a total for each incident right down to the penny she admitted to it but then lied again saying it was because money was tight it isn't we aren't rich but she has a joint credit card with thousands in available credit on it i was sitting next to her as she said it but i kept my mouth shut in the end they are submitting for a warrant on two additional charges same as the first internally i wanted to completely blow up on her what she has done is going to cost me thousands in lawyer fees for certain and for her possibly her career i'm so beyond angry right now I did not go off on her though. I did my best as the stoic supportive husband. Reaming her out would have accomplished nothing positive. I've already been researching lawyers for her this morning. I think I found a good one, one with a strong public service background with the town. I'm hoping that she can end up with just a fine, community service, or possibly even continued without a finding. I'm also going to be looking for therapists to try to help the underlying issue. The toughest part for the lawyer is going to be that she's already admitted to everything to the police. She can't tell me why she did it. There very well could be dozens of other incidents I don't know about. She did say she'd done it at least a couple of times long before we met. Words cannot begin to express my level of frustration right now. I've spent years trying to put us on a better footing, only to have her kick me in the financial nuts with this incident. I barely slept last night, and I doubt she did either. Okay, and there we go. You know what, guys? I know that OP is obviously trying to help out someone that he he loves a lot. It's his wife. 
I get that. From my perspective, I just don't know if I could be with someone like this. Like, if if I find this out about someone, and it's easy for me to say because you know I'm I'm not I don't have a wife. I've not been in love with someone for X amount of years, like like Op has, and probably has a you know, crazy life together, whatever. I just don't know if I could do it anymore. For me, stealing is literally the lowest of the low. It's such a like it's such a bad thing to do. I don't even care who you're stealing from, even if it's a massive company with X trillions. I hate it. Like it's something that I will never do. I never have done. Even like from a you know your corner shop stealing a suite. I'll never do that. I just don't understand it. I think it is literally the lowest of the low. So if if someone is doing this in my life, the amount of respect that I instantly lose to them is mental. Now I do like OP that you, that you're saying you're trying to help and that you're going to go through therapy and all that. What I don't like is that you're saying that you want to try and find the best lawyer possible. I understand it. But ultimately, I really hope your wife gets punished for this. It's disgraceful. It really is. Um, look, I rate you posting it online because it's a pretty kind of horrible thing to talk about. And I, I know you're looking for advice and all that stuff. But from my perspective, I'd say, really, I would have to question being with this woman. Sorry if that's a little bit too harsh. It's just what I'm thinking. Never warn anyone if they're about to be fired. It creates a dangerous situation in the workplace, especially for women, and I will never do it again. About two years ago, I was inadvertently made aware that one of my co-workers was about to be fired that Friday. We will call him Carl. Apparently, Carl had made a habit of annoying the wrong people and making misogynistic comments in front of his female supervisor. Surprisingly, that's not what actually got him fired. What finally did Carl in was the fact that he stupidly chatted up some powerful guy's wife at a company social event the week prior. Rule number one for company social events, never, ever, ever be too chatty with random women. Stick to the people you know. You never know who she's married to and how powerful and insecure her husband may be. I only found out about Carl's pending firing because my job duties required me to spend a lot of time around upper management. My proximity to the halls and offices of upper management allowed me to overhear a conversation about his pending firing. And since none of the upper management personnel was aware that I knew Carl personally, they spoke freely about him right in front of me. They laughed for several minutes about everything involving Carl, from his mediocre work ethic, the chatting up somebody's wife incident, his wardrobe, and the inappropriate misogynistic comment he was accused of making in front of his female supervisor. I basically sat there stone-faced and disinterested to hide the fact that I knew Carl personally. It must have worked because they kept going on and on about just how mediocre he was. When I was finally able to sneak away, I consulted one of my buddies for advice. I told him that Carl was getting fired on Friday and I asked if we should warn Carl. This was on a Monday afternoon and we both agreed that despite Carl's many flaws, it would be the decent thing to do to warn him so that he can start his job search a few days early. Huge mistake. The next day, Tuesday, arrives and we invite Carl out to lunch. After we're all done eating, we break the news to Carl. We tell him that we caught wind that he's getting fired on Friday and there's nothing he can do to reverse it. We also advise him to start his job search immediately and to call out sick on Friday so that they're forced to fire him over the phone versus humiliating him by having him escorted out by security on Friday, which is standard procedure. We also made him promise to keep a low profile the rest of the week and not make it obvious that he was aware of his fate. A promise that he only kept for the 20 minutes it took us to drive back to the office because within minutes of arriving back at the office, he stormed into his female supervisor's office and accused her of hating men, sabotaging his career and actively working to get him fired. We weren't present for this part of the story, but apparently after storming her office so aggressively, she asked him to leave immediately. When he refused, she literally screamed for help. 
That is when several people within earshot came running to see what was taking place. When they forcefully removed him from her office, he took off running to HR. But in the midst of all of this chaos, his supervisor panicked and pulled the fire alarm, assuming that he was running off to get a weapon to come back and harm her with. I was completely oblivious to all of these events, so when I heard the fire alarm, I assumed it was a normal fire drill. Everyone on my floor casually exited the building via the stairwells, but when we made it outside, we were greeted by several police vehicles arriving and cops literally running full speed into the building. That's when we were all told to go home for the day. I was still completely oblivious that all of this was for Carl. I actually found out later on social media that Carl triggered all of the chaos. The next day, I also found out that when the cops were searching the building for him, they found him sitting outside of HR, waiting for the fire drill to end so that he could file a complaint against his supervisor. He'd assumed it was a normal fire drill as well. He had no clue it was his supervisor that had pulled the alarm on him because she was afraid of him becoming an active shooter. He was fired on the spot. Didn't even make it to Friday. And this is why I would never tip anybody off ever again. Lesson officially learned. Yeah, I'll be honest. I I don't really get why you'd want to warn Carl about him being fired. He doesn't seem like a nice person. Why would you warn someone like this? That's that's what I'm getting at. Unless you're mates. Uh, you, You said that he's actually quite a nice guy or something, didn't you? You said that he's actually not that bad. But he's misogynistic and clearly has anger issues right i just don't really know why it would be in your interest to say the same in the first place let alone thinking telling anyone about them being fired because yeah you're risking a big reaction like this and to be honest how would you react if you were told by a co-worker oh yeah by the way you're getting fired in three days you'd probably be pretty irate and and want to go get answers and not really care anymore and go off the wall so in that to that respect i don't really blame carl for his reaction but yeah just a weird thing to do anyway tell someone they're going to be fired it's not really much of a warning anyway three days what are they going to do Go and get a new job in three days? I highly doubt it. So I know you're saying that you'd never tip anybody off ever again. I wouldn't have done that ever in the first place. What do you think? Would you tell someone if they were as unhinged as Carl? I don't think I would have done. My parents asked me to learn how to clean and bury corpses. It's been over a month now for the civil war that happened in my country, Sudan. Things have been going downhill ever since, and so is my patience and mental health. It's been 21 days of no electricity and water, and our food in the fridge, or what's left of it, is all spoiled and rotten. We're running out of cash, and I don't know how to run things anymore. The stalls all around us are closed, and all of our cash got spent on buying water from the milk van. We can't afford milk because it's way too expensive, and we need the cash for both my mother and dad's medicine. The RSF forces are robbing all the nearby houses, and it's only a matter of time before they reach ours. I can't imagine my mother getting assaulted or my dad getting shot to death. And there are only 10 hospitals in the country and they only treat the military forces and announce the dead civilians. I figured we have to flee to the States, but I fear we might get killed on the way. And with no income and my dad being 80 and mum being 50 and weak, it's up to my 19 year old butt to hit the streets and find a job. But no one is hiring, not even a maid or a babysitter. And I never imagined that one day I'd go from being a medical student to a panhandler in the streets. Yesterday, it was 2 a.m. when a bomb hit the airport and it lit up the whole sky and shook the house and broke all our windows, doors, kitchen utensils and ornaments. My mother sat down and talked to me about her will and that if she dies, she wants things to go according to her will and that I should learn how to do Guzul al Mayat. As I'm writing this, tears are stinging my eyes and her words keep circling in my head. 
and I just want to bury myself and relieve myself from all of this But my parents have no one but me to support them and I would do anything for them and I would sacrifice everything for them even if it costs my happiness and well-being. Now guys, for those of you that don't know, like me, I've just looked it up there, Guzal Mayat is performed on a deceased Muslim. It's usually carried out by family members who are the same sex as the person who has died. It involves washing all parts of the body with soap and water in a specific way while maintaining privacy and dignity. Pretty much, Opie's mum is saying, if the worst comes to the worst here, you might be the one that needs to know how to do this. Wow, what a just frankly disgusting thing to hear. Oh my goodness me. That is just, uh, yeah, wow. I mean, the first two stories were, were pretty tough. This is just horrific. Absolutely horrific. I'm, uh, what can I say other than that? I'm just so sorry, OP, that you're in this situation. I really hope that everything going on in, in Sudan improves as, as quickly as possible and there are no more deaths. Sadly, it seems unlikely, but goodness me, that is just a tough story. Where do I even begin with that one? other than saying just yeah i completely can't believe that you're in that situation sometimes when i when i'm you know a little bit upset about things in my life or i'm like oh it's not as good as it should be i think about things like this i'm like okay you've got it pretty good my friend and let's be honest the majority of us doing this right now you know the fact that you're even able to listen to a podcast or watch this video the fact that i'm able to record it in peace is an absolute blessing that is a crazy story I'm gonna be honest, those first three stories have been pretty negative. And, and some of them, some of the, the, the stories that you see on True of My Chest are quite negative, you know, they're anonymous for a reason. So for that reason, the next two stories, the next two posts I'm gonna narrate in this episode are gonna be positive, all right? We're gonna change it up. I'm gonna find some happy ones and we're gonna end this episode on a good note. Here we go. I've been reverse pickpocketing my parents for years and I think I'm addicted to it. When I was younger, I noticed how excited my mother would get over finding money on the ground or in the wash, even if it was only a dollar. Once I was a bit older and had a job, I realized that I had money I could spend however I wanted. My parents didn't really like receiving random gifts when it wasn't a holiday or birthday, so I started sneaking ones and fives into their wallets, bags, and even coat pockets. It made me so happy to see how excited my mum would get, even though it wasn't much money. And sometimes my dad would bring home candy with the surprise extra money. I'm an adult now, and I still live with my parents. They let me live with them super cheap, even though money has been a little tight the last few years. They don't like it when I just give them money to help, even if they pay me back. So I've started reverse pickpocketing 10s and 20s. My mum gets especially excited and tells me about all the money she found. My dad doesn't vocalize that he found it. He just brings home ice cream or fast food for the family. The problem is I can't stop. It's not putting me at a detriment because they don't charge much for rent, but I'm worried I'll get caught soon. I'll probably stop once our financial situation is a bit better in a year or so. I just absolutely love the smile it brings to my mother's face and the smile my dad has when he surprises us with a special treat. It's worth the 20 to $30 every paycheck. I don't do it too often, but it's been going on for so long, I think I'm addicted to it. And there we go. That is more like it. That is the sort of story that I absolutely love. Super nice of you. And you know what? I also completely rate your parents so highly. The fact that your dad doesn't even want to say that he, he found the money. He just, he's almost embarrassed by the fact that he's found it and just immediately goes to spend it on the family straight away, giving them a treat is so nice. Your parents are clearly lovely people. Even in financially hard times, they still don't want any help from someone like you, their child, who's actually doing pretty well for themselves it seems just very kind people all around a lovely family an amazing selfless thing to do op yeah that's more like it a great story and the good news is we've got time for one more 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And now for our final story of this episode. My little brother sent me a meme that made me cry. He's almost 13 and I'm in college. Sometimes he comes over during the weekend and depending on whether I have free time or not, we go catch a movie, visit the city, plan activities, or hang out in my room and play video games. There's been times when I had so much to study that we couldn't leave my room at all. He plays games on my laptop. I have a gaming one so he's able to play more recent games and I cook meals for us. He sent me a meme. It was a random shot from a movie in which a guy was walking away visibly sad. The caption was, POV, 12 year old me leaving the bro's house after having the best weekend of gaming and watching movies with him. It made me cry during class. I know he treasures these moments with me and we're also going through some rough moments in our life. I'm doing my best to be by his side because I understand how important it is to have a support system. He's been more open to me about a lot of stuff and I feel like our relationship has grown deeper since I moved for college last autumn. I love him to death. And there we go. What a way to end the episode. See see what I mean, guys? I don't know. You let me know in the comments down below. Do you prefer the, the tough true off my chest stories the stories which i'll be honest i kind of feel like are suitable for this subreddit the ones that this subreddit was kind of made for you know speaking anonymously really asking for help or just saying something terrible that's going on in your lives or the lives of people around you i think that's kind of what the subreddit is for you know if you're getting something off your chest it's normally a negative thing however those past two stories made me feel good i accidentally caused a war between my family and my brother's wife's family with one innocent text message So my brother's wedding happened two days ago and it turned into complete chaos, which I know about even though I wasn't there. You might wonder why I didn't attend the wedding if it's my brother's. Well, it's because of his wife's family. He did send me an invitation to the wedding because he wanted me there, but his fiance told him I couldn't attend because I had a boyfriend. You might be confused, but I'm a man, a bisexual man to be exact. And I have a boyfriend who I wanted to bring to the wedding. She said that even though she doesn't have a problem with that and he doesn't have a problem with that, her extremely religious parents who already forced her to do the wedding in a church would most likely banish us from the wedding and cause trouble between our families. After she told him that, my brother told me I couldn't attend and told me why. You might think I was angry, but the truth is I was relieved. I hate going to big events with lots of people because of my social anxiety and I was already used to not being able to attend certain events because of my sexuality so it was nothing I haven't heard before. The day of the wedding, I stayed at home with my boyfriend. It's worth mentioning my parents apparently didn't know that I wasn't attending the wedding. I was chilling at home cuddling with my boyfriend when I suddenly got a text message from my parents asking me where I was as they couldn't find me at the wedding party. I told them I wasn't attending the wedding and if my brother hasn't told them that, they said no and asked me what happened. Now I didn't see any reason to lie here so I sent them a text message telling them exactly why. Now I have to admit I don't know exactly what happened after that because they read it and didn't reply but why do they care in the first place? They didn't notice I wasn't there before until the wedding was pretty much already over. 
They only noticed when the wedding party started. However, apparently my parents talked to my brother about it and all of a sudden my absence was the main topic of the wedding party. From what I heard, two fronts formed. On the one hand, my parents and the rest of my family against the family of my brother's wife and apparently he as a husband now felt compelled to take her side and tried to argue in her favor. It's crazy to think that I was just sitting at home living my best life with my boyfriend while all of that went down at this wedding. The wedding party was ruined and my brother appeared at my door angrily screaming at me as to why I felt the need to ruin his wedding. I was confused and asked him what happened and he told me everything. I told him it wasn't my intention. I just told our parents what happened because they didn't know and wanted to know where I was. And I thought that he told them beforehand. He screamed at me that I ruined his wedding. I told him it's not my fault that he wasn't honest with them. I just respected their wish to not attend the wedding. I couldn't have known it would go down like this because, like I said, I couldn't attend several events before because of my sexuality and my parents never said anything about it. So I thought it would be the same thing here. But I got to admit, it's kind of sweet that my parents and the rest of my family stood up for me. They haven't done before. That's a more than welcome change. However, I still kind of feel bad because apparently I really ruined the wedding party. Right, well, first of all, OP, you did absolutely nothing wrong. I get why you feel bad, but come on, you can't have too much guilt for literally telling the truth. You were asked the question by your parents, why aren't you here? You told them the exact answer. What, you know, you can't be blamed for that. It's just what happened. The people that really ruined the wedding party are, well, actually, your brother as well, to be fair. Your brother, his new wife, but most importantly, his new wife's family. I mean, come on. It's just homophobic. Simple as that. Homophobia ruins weddings. I've said it for a long time now. And it also rips up families. I mean, that actually is the truth. So, uh, yeah, if anyone's to blame, it's definitely not you. I've got to say as well, I mean, I know I kind of glossed over it there as well, but I've got to say, your brother has behaved terribly in this. First of all, how about... Don't marry someone whose whole family is homophobic. Second of all, don't use that as an excuse to not invite your brother to your own wedding. Like, honestly, I don't even know who's worse here. The wife, your brother, or your wife's family. All pretty awful. I'll just say that. Right then, now moving on to something a little bit more heavy. My husband died thinking our kids didn't love him. My husband and I, both in our mid-40s, met in college. He was the sweetest, kindest, most helpful and supportive and overall best person from the time I met him until his death. We have three kids, two girls, 22 and 18, and a 16-year-old boy. He was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer a year and a half ago and succumbed to it three weeks ago. Everyone was devastated. Our kids have been struggling a lot and I'm barely hanging on myself. He was the glue that held everyone together and my rock for over 20 years. Our oldest daughter is especially having a hard time. She's expressed guilt and regrets over not spending as much one-on-one time with him and it's been hitting her hard. A few days after the funeral, I went to visit his younger brother, who was 38, to check on him. He was very close to my husband and also lost his wife a few years back and was pretty much alone outside of his parents while also looking after his 12-year-old twins. Besides me, he probably visited my husband the most in hospital. This is where things get devastating. My brother-in-law confessed that one day while visiting, more towards the end of his life, my husband expressed that he felt like his kids didn't love him and will have an easy time getting over his death. He said he actually was happy that it was him dying and not me, because if it were me, then it would be four people mourning. Whereas he felt that with himself dying, they'd be sad for a bit, but would get over it and would just be there to help me grieve. This absolutely killed me. 
I wish you could see how much his children miss him I can't even imagine being in his position and feeling like your kids don't care I cried heavily when my brother-in-law told me that when our first daughter was born He was so happy to be a father and wanted to be the best dad he could as the years went by and we had all of our kids They seemed to gravitate to me and he noticed It's not like he didn't try. He was very involved. He went to as many extracurriculars as he could, would try and hang out with them and constantly told them he was an ear if they needed to talk. But it seems like they only wanted to hang out with me. If I asked to go to a one-on-one lunch, they'd go. But if he did, there was always an excuse. They'd tell me something important going on in their lives. And when I told their father, thinking he knew, he was oblivious. I was always posted to their social media accounts for Mother's Day and my birthday while he wasn't. He always felt left out and would make small joking comments that hinted on how he felt without expressing it fully. I just brushed it off as him joking. I'm even more distraught now. I feel so much sorrow for him feeling that way. I'm also starting to wonder if I demanded their attention and took any away from him. It's weighing on me heavily and I have no idea how to even move forward especially since my oldest daughter actually expressed regretting not spending more one-on-one time with him. It's been hitting her hard and she's been staying with me since his passing. She's been a wreck just like me and has said, I hope he knew how much I loved him. And it kills me to know that he didn't know. I hate everything. Wow. And this one really hits hard. I mean, I said it's going to be heavy. Goodness me. That is truly tragic. All you can really hope, I guess, is that in your your husband's kind of final state where his mind and body are not going to be at their best clearly i mean dealing with a an illness that eventually killed him maybe he wasn't thinking clearly and and perhaps he didn't actually think the things that he was saying and it was kind of just an, an end of life thing i don't know i'm trying to give you something to hold on to ultimately I, I can't really blame anyone here it is kind of a fact that you know a lot of children do favor one parent over the other like you know in the same way that you favor one person over the other just in general just because they are parents it doesn't mean you have to love both of them exactly equally or get on with both of them exactly equally not not love i'm sure that your children loved both parents you and your and your husband equally but you know you probably get on with one parent a little bit better and it just happens that way yeah oh, i don't know what to say you're gonna feel terrible about that kind of wish you'd never heard it i guess but i feel like you know you know at least that despite the fact that he felt that way it isn't the truth and i think you have to take solace in, in that fact i mean don't take away from the fact that it's incredibly sad and there's nothing i can really say to, to sugarcoat that it's heartbreaking nonetheless let's move on now for our third true off my chest story i accidentally fell into a family with my best friend And it's the best thing to ever happen to me. I do want to leave this anonymous because I know my now girlfriend, Lily, is on Reddit. And I don't know if she'll see this. I had a very rough childhood growing up. I didn't have a dad and my mum was never really there because she had a rough battle with health issues and got hooked on narcotics. I had friends growing up, but I had my best friend since I was 12. Her name is Lily. We've been extremely close due to our childhood issues and we'd always been there for each other. We had talks of being together, but got cold feet because we were scared if it didn't work, we couldn't recover from that. When I was 18, I didn't really want to go to college. School had never been for me. So I went into a trade. I work long hours, but it's been worth it. And I make solid money right now for my position. I'll come back to this in a bit. When we were 19, Lily got pregnant with her boyfriend. The dude somehow managed to avoid child support payments and broke up with her and hasn't seen the kid once in his life. Complete deadbeat makes me disgusted. Lily was scared, but I told her I would be here when she needed. 
She didn't have parents that would help, but I told her I'd help where I can when the kid gets here. Lo and behold, she gave birth to a beautiful little girl named Kelsey. I was there when she was born and it was a weird moment. I don't know how to explain it, but I did feel happy for her. Now we're 21 and ever since then, this little girl has had me wrapped around her finger. I've done my round of the diapers, bottles, middle of the night screaming, etc. Every day I get home from work, we sit there and we watch her little shows and we spend a lot of time together as the three of us as well. When we walk, she grabs my pointer finger with her whole hand because it's so little. She stands up and kisses me on the cheek after I change her and she loved her snuggles where she just lays on top of me with her head laid up against my chest. As of recently, she's begun speaking. She's been calling me daddy. I've been feeling really weird about it lately, feeling like it's not right and that someday she needs to know the truth. I talked to Lily about it one night and got her opinion on it. She sat there with a slight grin and then she came up behind me and hugged me. She said, you're the best dad she could ever ask for. And then proceeded to tell me, we'll worry about talking to her when she understands. As far as she is concerned, you are her daddy and you are to me as well. I turned around and hugged her. We had a long talk about what's been going on lately with us as we've been engaging in not so just friends activities. And she just said, I like this. I like our family. I just kind of froze for a second, asked her, is this what we want to do? And she followed up by saying, I think we've been doing this for a while now. And then laughed. We had a great moment and agreed to be a family. I told her I needed to run to the drugstore for some diapers for Kelsey. On the way there, I burst into tears. I cried for maybe a good 30 minutes. I don't even know how to describe what I was thinking and feeling, but I was happy. I just know that there isn't a thing in this world I wouldn't do for those two. It feels like I can relax and reflect on everything that's happened to this point. But also, I don't. I basically have a family I'm looking out for. Like, no matter what happens, I have people who will depend on me, and something like that makes me want to be the best man I can. In about another year, I will have my official license for my trade, giving me a substantial pay rise and a new job that I've already lined up. I've already started looking at houses and rings. We've also talked about having our own once I get my license. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I wanted to share it with someone. However, I don't really have those people in my life. And there we go. That is the beauty of this subreddit. You go from the lowest of lows in the previous story to the most wholesome of wholesomes in this one. Just a great read. Like, that is just a brilliant story. I've loved every second of that. What's great is that, you know, you're clearly both very sensible people, you and Lily. And the fact of the matter is, you had this discussion a long time ago and thought, maybe not, not at this time. But eventually you just fell into it and it's worked out magically and yeah i mean realistically reading through this i don't know you guys obviously but reading through this it does seem like that is that is you know it was meant to be you made for each other and uh, if it's working so well right now yeah why not make it official keep it going enjoy your lives and, and have your own kid class story however we do have time for just one more which might not be so wholesome just a word of warning and now for our final true off my chest of this episode My husband is cheating on me with my best friend. I'm honestly not sure where to start, so I guess I'll just start. My husband and I have been dating since I was 19 and he was 22. We've been married for six years now. We have two kids and I'm six months pregnant with our third. Two years ago, I found out my dad has stage three colon cancer. My dad is my only parent as my mum passed away when I was 12. He's my favorite human and life without him doesn't seem as colorful. 
His laugh is contagious and he gives these big bear hugs that seem to make all of your broken pieces feel like they're perfectly in place again. Whenever I've had a hard day, he doesn't poke and prod and just lets me vent and listens. About five months ago, we discovered the treatments aren't working for him. And in direct quote of the doctor, he said, months, not years. Since then, he's gotten progressively worse and now is losing memory. He looked at the dog he got me on my 21st birthday and said, wow, that's a nice dog. Where'd you get it? My husband has been my absolute rock. He's been there for me, holding my hand and helping me through this. He's been so loving and attentive to both my kids and I. Don't get me wrong, I'm a mother first, always. I don't allow myself to wallow. My kids are still loved, cared for, played with, and I haven't let my load slack around the house. Once my dad got his updated prognosis, my husband encouraged me to quit my job. About a month later, we discovered we were pregnant again, and I still hadn't let go of my job. I kept holding out for some reason. After finding out I was pregnant again, he ensured me it was still okay to quit my job. That honestly, it would save us a small fortune on daycare costs anyways. So I did. I quit my job. My best friends and I have been friends since diapers. Her family is like my family and vice versa. My mum and her mum grew up together. We've always been solid and right after my dad's appointment when we found out he had so little time left, I drove straight to her house and she held me while I cried for hours. If there are soulmates in friend form, she was mine. Thick as thieves is what my mum used to say. This morning, as I was up with my three-year-old, he's sick, my husband's work alarm was going off. He has a few he sets, so I turned that one off and gently woke him up. He said he was up late working, so he took the morning off. Rolled over and went back to sleep. As I went to turn off the remainder of his alarms, I saw a text from my friend on his lock screen that said, I'm assuming since there hasn't been an angry pregnant lady on my doorstep, you haven't told her about us yet. Time froze in that moment. I took his phone and walked away and just read their conversations. Four months, this man has been screwing my best friend. Four months, these people have been lying to my face. And I know what you're gonna say. You should have seen the warning signs. But I've been clutching this phone in my hand for two hours and nothing. He's been so loving and attentive to me, but he always has been. So kind and gentle. There have been no late night work nights except for once in a blue moon. No lingering touches between them or even glances. They act as they have since the day I first introduced them. How sick is it that she calls him her brother, but she screws him? I know so many people get a moment of clarity in situations like this, but I have none. Aside from being sad about my dad, I haven't changed. I'm still a loving wife and mother. I still doted on him and my children. I talk to him about how he's doing and how was his day every freaking day. I haven't allowed the ground to swallow me whole. I know what I have to do now, but I just don't want to. I'm about to lose my family and my support system in one blow. I'll confront him tomorrow. Today, today I just need this last 24 hours of peace. As for her, I won't give her the satisfaction of a response. I don't care why she did it, she did it and it's done. I was always the friend who cleaned up her messes. After today, I will cut her out of my life like she never mattered at all. This has to be the hardest storm I'll ever weather. But dang it, I know I'll sail through it. If not for me, for my children. What a way to end this episode. Now guys, in the past, I've done something at the end of these episodes where they've been kind of negative, where I've ended on a positive note. But in this one, I thought, no, we're we're gonna end on something that's really quite sad and just a little bit depressing. Uh, Because why not? Not everything has a happy ending, guys, yeah? I know we all think that Disney and Pixar movies are 
great, but uh, this is real life. So think about it, Rashford style. We've seen a lot of stories like this really, haven't we? And uh, I always like to try and give some advice. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna skip that, what can you say? Yeah, your world's gonna be turned completely upside down. I mean, it already has been, but can only imagine the aftermath. However, I do love your initial perspective on things. Doing this for not just yourself, but also your kids. That is admirable in a time like this. My brother-in-law called me the one who got away in his speech. And my husband is very hurt and it's all my fault. I don't know what to do. I think I've done serious damage to my marriage before it even began. I met my husband through his brother, Chris, who I had a crush on in college. I never was clingy or never acted on my feelings. And I never really allowed myself to get too close to him because I knew that my feelings weren't reciprocated. Chris knew, however, that I had a crush on him, or at least he felt it. He would always say that I was GF material and how he wouldn't want to leave me on. He wanted to have fun before that. He would say this to others, but he even once said it to me. On two occasions, he texted me saying he had feelings for me, only to apologize later and retract his words. But on Christmas four years ago, he texted me that he was in love with me and wanted to take me out on a date. He said he was done playing around and wanted a relationship. He was invited to a new year's eve party that my then roommate and i had he told me he wanted to talk to me then when he came to the party he had his brother with him chris spent the party going out of his way to ignore me and later i saw him making out with my roommate and they spent the night in her room i decided there and then that i'll drop it enough is enough next morning he told me that he screwed up saying i screwed up big time yeah and he apologized during the party i got to know his brother who was the opposite of chris he was shy and hated attention and he was just the best and soon after he asked me on a date we're married now and our wedding was last wednesday i want to make two things clear i never went beyond a crush with chris and only after i fell for my husband did i understand what love really is he is everything to me and i love him more than anything I never told anyone about my crush and when i met my husband i didn't tell him either chris wasn't happy that i was seeing his brother and he's been cold towards me ever since even when it got serious between my husband and i chris held a speech on our rehearsal dinner and basically outed everything and ended with how he regretted not asking me out sooner and how he will always regret it it was very awkward afterwards and nobody talked and on our wedding day my husband did everything to act normally and he made sure everything was as planned but I could feel that he was hurt and angry. After the party, he asked me if I loved Chris and if I dated him for that reason. I started crying because it's absolutely not true. We started dating and then we became friends and I made sure it was him I wanted before committing and I never loved anyone like I love my husband. I told him all this and more and I apologized so much for not telling him everything. In the beginning, I thought it was my own private matter and I didn't feel the need to discuss it with a then stranger to me. When our relationship evolved, I just never thought Chris was relevant and my crush seemed a silly thing. Now it's back to bite me in the butt. My husband is very sad and barely talks to me. We're leaving for our honeymoon in two weeks and he's barely speaking about it. The thing we both waited for with so much anticipation and longing I don't know what to do. I can't turn back time, so I don't know what to do. Wow, what a story to get things started. I will say that none of this is your fault at all. None of this is your husband's fault at all. I completely understand why he feels the way he does. It's all on Chris. I don't know what's wrong with him. Clearly, he's just a bit of a player, but saying that now, potentially ruining his brother's marriage is crazy. Like, fine, have some regret if you want, 
ultimately the regret is only down to you and your actions you are the one that messed it up in the past or i guess just didn't even want to do it that much i don't really know but to do that now years later and potentially mess up an actual proper relationship something that you've clearly struggled to find is pretty disgusting i'm not gonna lie now hopefully your husband gets over this pretty soon i really think he will but nonetheless this sorry excuse for a brother-in-law that you now have maybe you just distance him maybe that's what you gotta do and just all you can do really is prove to your, your husband how much you love him and don't rate his brother I was kidnapped by my childhood best friend and her mum without realizing it My mum suggested I could share my story to raise awareness But the truth is that if it wasn't for her I probably wouldn't have even seen this as a kidnapping If you expect a dramatic story filled with abuse and torture, i'm gonna have to disappoint you I think it's not a bad idea to share my story and since I love reddit i've decided to share it here I figured that this sub might be the best one to do so. So let's get to the story. This happened when I was in elementary school. Like for most children at that age, boys and girls were somehow rivals. Me and my best friend, let's call her Lisa, however, single-handedly destroyed that stereotype. She was pretty much the exact female copy of me. Our interests aligned so well that we quickly became best friends. The day it happened, I asked my mum to stay at Lisa's house for the night. She said yes, and I packed the stuff I needed. I was only prepared to stay there for one night, but one night turned into a week. When I arrived there, we had a great time playing video games, doing role play with our toys, and playing hide and seek at night. It was a lot of fun. The next morning, I prepared for my mum to come and get me, but this is when Lisa's mum told me that my mum had called her and told her that I had to stay at their house for a bit longer. Being the naive young child I was, I didn't question it. Yeah, I was confused, but this only made me realize that I could spend more time with Lisa. So for me, it wasn't a problem. This was at a time where I didn't possess a smartphone, so it's not like my mum could have just called me. I stayed there for an entire week before I started to question why my mum hasn't come and got me yet. I wasn't allowed to leave the house either. I was only allowed in the house and the garden outside. When me and Lisa played outside, a neighbor saw me and called the cops. It turned out that my mum had filed a missing report at the police station because I'd been missing for a few days. Well, my mum actually tried to get me after the first night. But when she tried to, Lisa's mum told her that I'd already left and that apparently I told her I wanted to walk home when she offered me to give me a ride. Lisa's mum was such a sweet person that no one would have ever suspected her of doing something like this. So even my mum figured that someone had to have kidnapped me on the way home. So she filed the report. The police reunited me with my mum and I was confused as heck. I had a great time there. Yes, I was a bit worried why my mum never got me, but I couldn't understand back then why Lisa's mum was arrested. This happened during summer break and I didn't see Lisa again during the vacation. And she also didn't appear at school on the first day. I've got no idea what happened to her. Right now, I assume that this incident ruined their reputation so much that they moved away and I never saw Lisa again. Like I said, not a typical kidnapping story. It was all so sneaky that not even I, as the alleged victim, could tell that it was one. But my mum insists that it was a kidnapping. So, yeah, that's it. I still don't know if labelling myself as a victim here would be right because I just don't feel like one, but that's just me. Okay, I just need to make this abundantly clear. You were kidnapped. Kidnapping does not depend on a location uh, and you also were the victim. Now, if you have fun whilst being kidnapped, that's one thing. At least you weren't getting tortured and you had a pretty good time with your mate. However, think of your mum in this situation. She thinks you've been actually, well, I mean, you were kidnapped, but she thinks you've been probably taken by some random guy 
and this mum has let you walk home alone. I mean, terrible. And then imagine when she finds out what actually was going on, that you were just locked in that house. For a week neighbors calling the police on lisa's mum. it's actually insane um yeah i feel like i understand why you don't really think it was that bad and you don't didn't even call it kidnapping for a while but the fact of the matter is this woman took you away from your entire family and kept you locked up inside a house that is kidnapping but uh yeah I, I guess you had fun whilst it was going on okay then now moving on to the story that you've all been waiting for now i'm not gonna lie i've had a little look at this it's absolutely hilarious uh it's well worth waiting for and as you can see by the title and thumbnail if that's anything to go by you're gonna enjoy this here we go my boyfriend won't stop saying i'm about to come during sex and i don't have the heart to tell him i hate it now, I will say this story is NSFW. Uh, if you're under the age of whatever age you think is reasonable, might be best to skip this one, but I will try and censor it a bit nonetheless. Here we go. Throwaway account since my boyfriend knows my Reddit account. One evening, me, a 22-year-old woman, and my boyfriend, who is 21, were watching memes on YouTube from his phone, something we frequently do together. He really likes memes and quotes them often throughout the day. No matter whether he's happy or being goofy, and even when he's raging at a game or genuinely heartbroken. One day, about a year ago, he came home to tell me he got fired and said, My life be like, ooh, ah. <laughs> wow. It's probably a coping mechanism for him, but personally, I do not understand it. <laughs> what, so he just broke into song? Strange. Anyways, we saw one meme a guy clearly doing things to himself, saying, I'm about to see, but it was spelled out as I'm about to cam. And we thought it was the funniest thing ever, so we looked for more. There were more videos of him being edited in scenarios like him mourning the loss of his brother named Bata Khan, and we spent no less than 20 minutes laughing non-stop at these videos. Afterwards, when we went to make dinner, my boyfriend said, jokingly, that's what I'm gonna say in bed now. Fast forward a day later, both of us are up for it and we head to the bedroom to get it on. It was great, but then towards the end, my boyfriend said loudly, I'm about to come, and then proceeded to. I laughed along with him, but I was a little uncomfortable because it sort of killed the vibe. What am I reading? About a week later, we're at it again, and he says the same exact thing as last time, but this time he laughs. Just kidding, I'll stop afterwards. Well, it turns out he wasn't really telling the truth because the next time he said, about to bus and then whiningly said his name in desperation, and he then chuckled. <laughs> what? We didn't have sex for about a month until last night. We were doing fine as usual, and he even managed to finish without saying any memes. Also, I thought, because right afterwards, he said something along the lines of, thank you for letting me bust. It's what I needed. I can't even remember much of what happened during or after that, because I was in pure shock that he just killed the vibe like that again. All I remember is that we cleaned up and he went to play COD or something that involved him shouting stupid jokes and memes to his friends. I do not have the heart to tell him that he isn't funny when he does this because the last time I confronted him when he kept saying, yo, that's sus. Every time I mentioned something vaguely sexual, he almost cried. <laughs> he stopped saying that one phrase, but still has about a thousand other memes in his vocabulary. I guess this is just my life now. And as much as I want it to stop, I love my boyfriend so much, I will have to live with it. <laughs> wow. Well, there we go. No doubt one of the weirdest stories I've ever read. I mean, like, how do I, how, like, you know, normally I come on and I react to a story after I read it. 
How do I react to that? Seriously, like just get your comments in down below. What what did you think of that? I just couldn't. I was just, honestly halfway through that, I just started laughing. Very very hard to stop myself from laughing reading that and having to say about to bus. Is that really my life now? Jesus. Uh, well, what can I say? Great story. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Made me laugh. I hope it made you laugh as well. Uh, as for what to do, OP, I don't really care. Well, it's just funny, isn't it? I mean, maybe tell him to stop or just think this guy is weird, but I love him. Anyhow, let's move on. My dad raised me like a son and now I see how it helps me. My father, a single parent, raised me, a 19-year-old girl, like how men would stereotypically raise boys. I have two brothers too, so it's not like he doesn't have anyone to vicariously live through. He's a mechanic and made me work around the house with woodwork, electricity, repairing cars and motorcycles, all the male coded hobbies which I hated at the time. He never dated because he said that nobody would replace my mum and he didn't have any sisters who could help me. I hated it. I hated being the only girl in a family of three men. I hated not having anyone to play dress up with or talk about hairstyles and makeup or have girl talk or cry about boys and all. I didn't know what periods were until I had them and freaked the heck out. The bare minimum of such stuff was explained to me by his sister-in-law over the phone who lives in a different state. In short, I hated not having an older female presence in the house who would tell me how things work and just be with me. Now, my dad never discouraged me from doing girly stuff, but he never really understood it. So I kept it to myself and did all his stuff with him just to be able to spend time with him. He wasn't also very much in touch with his emotions. Thank you, patriarchal society, but got emotional only when talking about my mum, which was so rare that I never talked about what I felt just to not burden him. That sort of distanced him from me. But after a freak accident resulted in his death, we found out he left the house to my brothers and I, and I'm living there because it's close to my college and both my brothers moved out before I did. Living on my own for the first time, I realized two things. One, my dad tried his best to do things for me that he had absolutely no idea how to. Two, he taught me how to be fully independent. I don't even have to watch a YouTube tutorial to know how to repair the microwave or change the tires or the oil of my car or make the car work enough when I'm stranded and have no help. I now keep a mini set of tools on me out of habit and I can't explain how much that has helped me in situations I never even anticipated. I've never had to call an electrician or a contractor to do something for the house unless it's absolutely huge. I would technically never have to depend on anyone, men or women, to do these things for me. Dad, I'm sorry for you having to deal with all my teenage angst without mum. You've taught me more than what most people don't learn, despite having both parents in the picture. Your life has set a standard for me regarding my lifestyle, my studies, my love life, everything. The way you brought up my bros and me has helped all three of us so much in our life. I'm sorry I never got to say this to you, but I hope you know how I turned out to be. You've made me into a woman who wouldn't have to depend on others for things just because her father never taught her that. You raised me to believe in love despite mum never being around. I hope you're with her wherever you are. I miss you and I love you. Well, there we go. That is a beautiful story. In comparison to the story I just read out before, wow, what a difference a post makes. Again, that's the beauty of this subreddit. You can get some absolutely ridiculous stories like the previous one and then some really wholesome ones like this. OP, I reckon you're okay. I reckon your dad knows how much you rate him. And uh, yeah, the proof's in the pudding. You are set up for life. Of course, it would have been better to have your mum there, but you know, you can't have everything the way you want. And sadly, she wasn't there for you. But your dad did one heck of a job. Fair play to him. 
And it's amazing that you now realize what an amazing job he did. Now for our final true off my chest post. My boyfriend has less than 24 hours left to live and I finally feel at peace. I've been with my boyfriend for nearly three years. He is the perfect guy to me. He's my heart and soul, my best friend and my safe place. He is also in liver failure. I've been with him every step of the way. When he told me, I was shocked. I went through so much hell and turned every rock to get him a transplant. I tried so hard to find any study or any research that could be done to fix this. I called so many doctors, I've lost counts cried until i physically had nothing left and screamed in pain in many parking lots as the time went on he got worse all of his skin and eyes turned yellow i never minded yellow before but now all i see is his suffering in it i was there through his drain procedure and the many 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 hospital visits i watched him become weaker and his legs too swollen with excess fluid that he couldn't even walk i was there when they told us that both of his kidneys have failed and his liver has too I was there when they told us that dialysis was no longer an option. He got moved to hospice care. Slowly, I've watched his organs shut down. I was there as he agonizingly shook from the fear of death that awaits him. Now, I've watched him forget who I am entirely. He's on constant morphine, has not eaten or drank in nearly three days, incontinent and cannot speak or swallow. I want peace for him. When I woke up today and kissed his forehead, I felt lighter. I felt like I was finally at peace and I'm ready to say goodbye. I never want him to suffer and I know soon he'll be relieved from this hellish life he was cursed with. The world would never be the same without him and I may never be back to how happy I was with him, but that's okay. I love you, my love, so much. And there we go. What a way to end this episode with a couple of wholesome bangers. This one, just like the previous one, an elite story. It's just one of the most sad things that you could possibly hope to go through. I mean, I don't know why I said hope. I don't know probably never hope to go through uh yeah insert another word there you get what i mean a tragic tale but um at least it's now it's now done and the suffering's now done not gonna lie i've never been in the spot before where someone you love so much a family member you know your partner whatever is in such unbelievable pain every day just getting devastatingly worse by the hour and you just want it to end i i, I kind of get that you just be like this was a long time coming i'm now happy i'm finally at, at peace with with the fact that yeah they are gonna die and it's good for them that they're going to pass because they're in such pain that it's just unbearable seeing them like that. So I get it. If you've been like that, if any of you guys have been in that situation, let me know down below how you felt about it. It's a pretty horrible one, but if you want to, go for it. Um, I, I mean, I don't feel any jealousy towards OP, but I'm just glad that this is done and they can you know, begin to move on with their lives, I guess. And ultimately, that their boyfriend is in a good place now my husband might figure out that our son is not his i don't know what he or i will do if he does i know i'm a cheater but please hear me out i've been married to my husband for 12 years i'm 32 and he is 40. at the time i'd just been disowned by my family for leaving our religion and he was a nice financially secure man who i felt protected me i married him a year after we started dating he demanded i become a housewife he made me close my bank accounts and the only money I had was his. He was able to make more than enough to support us comfortably. I had two kids in the first four years and I was happy. Then things just shifted. He yelled at me for the first time and it was terrifying. I thought he could hurt me, so I silenced myself. That started the heel turn. He was angry, moody, bipolar, and I no longer felt safe around him. I slept with one eye open. 
I was and still am always scared He's never hit me, but just the sound of his booming voice is enough to tell me to be careful He's 6'2 and i'm 5'7 if he wanted to he could seriously hurt me and our kids The constant fear and feeling of being unloved and unrespected led me to a series of self-destructive behaviors including promiscuity Four years ago, I had my son. I knew at the time there was a possibility my husband wasn't the father. When he was around two, I needed to know and my husband was not. I don't know who is. As my son gets older, it's becoming very clear that my husband isn't the father. My son has none of his features, along with having olive skin and jet black hair, when both of us are blondes of Scandinavian descent. I've already overheard his family talking. He assures them nothing happened. They're gonna keep pressing this until he knows, or maybe he does know and is just in denial. I'm scared if he does find out I don't know what he'll do to me or my son I know this will drive him crazy and he'll do something. He'll throw me out. I've got no money I've got no family no friends. No one at this point. My son is a ticking bomb I don't know what to do I mean, what do you even say to this one? Guys, if you've got any advice off the rip, get in the comments down below and let OP know. Look, let's try and get over the fact that they've cheated. We know this is a bad thing. Don't really get stuck up on it. Just in this situation with that in the past, what on earth do they do now? But then again, you did cheat unprotected multiple times with multiple men and you have no idea whose baby you now have that's kind of crazy and look you're paying him out to be bad and that's absolutely fine if he does scare you but you have to take some ownership for what you've done i'm not saying that you're totally in the wrong here and that he's actually all right but it's kind of like you know both of you have done some pretty bad things here and ultimately you are the one that cheated it doesn't sound like he's ever actually abused you right yeah he's raised his voice but that's not illegal maybe it's a bit scary but i don't know you did also cheat on him and have a kid with someone else that he doesn't know about which one's worse also like you say you're too afraid to leave your husband but then you weren't too afraid to cheat on him not passing judgment here maybe that makes sense but it is a bit of a weird one right i I don't know you lot decide down below am i being silly here what's the play get in the comments yesterday was my birthday and it was the worst one i've ever had i am a 29 year old woman and it was my birthday yesterday an awful day my mum and dad insisted on taking me to a museum i've wanted to visit for a while and said the admission would be my present we got there and it was free after the museum we went to lunch i had a restaurant in mind but my mum insisted on one that she likes we get there and my dad asked who was paying i didn't want to cause a scene so i offered When they came to order, they ordered a bottle of wine for £35 and scoffed that I wanted a cocktail. I don't drink wine, it doesn't agree with me. The bill came to more than £100 and they offered to cover the wine only. They didn't even cover the entire cost of the bottle. I'm going on holiday to Spain later this week and they presented me with some pesos they've had for 30 plus years from their honeymoon. I pointed out that Spain has been in the Eurozone for about 20 years, so I won't be able to spend them but they shrugged and called me ungrateful. They also gave me a gift basket filled with food that I'm allergic to. I checked the food basket online to see if I could exchange it for one I could eat, and it was 21 pounds. I'm venting, because the reality is I would have been happy with a 10 pound bottle of Prosecco and some chocolates, but they got me stuff I can't use. They're getting my sister an iPad Pro over a thousand pounds for her birthday, and they just bought my brother a car. Money shouldn't be an issue for them. My dad's a manager earning 72,000 before taxes, and they recently inherited a hundred thousand pounds but it's not what they spent on me that bothers me it's the lack of effort they've both turned six this year and i bought them an expensive trip away with all the extras spa afternoon tea champagne in the room flowers dinner in a place they've always wanted to travel to it was meant to be a joint gift from myself and my siblings we're all in our late 20s but i've ended up paying for all of it i just feel unappreciated like i've been taken for a mug and i ended the day on my sofa cuddling my dog and having a little cry now this one is just terribly sad and of course i completely side with you opr 
on this one. It's just a weird one again. I don't know if you've done something wrong here. Your parents just don't like you. Why are they spending so much time and effort on your other siblings, but not you? Did you sin in a former life? I don't know the answers. All I can say is that I hope you have some good friends that kind of can substitute in for your family. And maybe it's worth just spending more time with them rather than your parents, especially. The fact that they're asking you to pay for meals on your birthday and choosing restaurants for themselves when they're spending thousands on your other siblings is kind of nuts. Uh, yeah, maybe don't spend as much time with them. I know it's deep, but it's pretty fair. I left the country to avoid paying child support for a kid I didn't want. I'd been with my girlfriend for a year at the time. We were both 22 and just out of university, getting started on our careers. One night she tells me that she missed her period. We got a test and it turned up positive. Mind you, I was a bit surprised because I always used protection and she told me she was on birth control. We discussed this prior and we decided to hold off on having kids until at least five years later when we were both set. So I was sure we'd safely abort. I thought I'd just be there to comfort her and give her time to process what's happening. But three weeks later, she tells me she wants to keep it. I keep pleading with her telling her i'm not ready and we're not going to be okay financially But she insists that this is what she wants and that we'll be happy I firmly told her I was not on board and she responded saying it was her sole decision and she'd made up her mind We decide to take a break from each other because of the constant fighting and eventually decide to part ways I speak with my parents about this and while I was initially planning to stay back and help raise the kid They convinced me that it's best if I leave the country My father was a dual citizen of both the US and another country, which I also inherited. We spoke to multiple lawyers and knew that I would be untouchable by US courts and there weren't any enforceable child support treaties with that country. The last I heard, she had a successful pregnancy and was reaching out to all our mutual contacts to try and reach me. I only disclosed this to a few close friends who thankfully didn't share anything with her. I do sometimes wonder what it would have been like to raise the child and I wish her well, but not having any say in the final decision and being forced into it still gives me nightmares. Wow, there we go. And in the comments, someone has asked, that means you can never come back to the US, right? And OP has said, no, and I don't intend to. That is just crazy. I I do kind of get it from his perspective. Put yourself in his shoes. He clearly does not want this baby. What do you do? Look, she's right. It is, of course, her entire decision. But from his perspective, like he's kind of screwed here. Like, what actually do you do in that spot? Run? That's what he did. Can you imagine the kid gets on Reddit in about 15 years, finds this post, from 15 years ago goes oh this looks interesting ah Uh oh oh maybe this is me that would be crazy and um i'm here for it if i'm still doing this in 15 years and you are the kid and you found this video perhaps comment down below how are you getting on now for our final story of today's episode this is something that i do like doing it's been a bit of a negative episode you know a lot of sad stories especially that last one kind of just tragic really that that whole situation happened so to end off today's episode i'm going to bring you a wholesome post have a little look at this my friend ordered me mcdonald's and i've never been so touched i went to a friend's house earlier today to watch some football we'll call him brad my friends do this sort of thing all the time it's really casual and we just chill out for the day normally we order food but today brad made pulled pork sliders for everyone i was diagnosed with a digestive disorder this year and have a really limited list of food that's safe for me to eat and i can't eat pork i ate before i arrived so this wasn't a big deal i was just planning on skipping them about a half hour after we get there someone knocks on the door delivering mcdonald's brad answers and brings the bag straight to me and goes i'm sorry i didn't know you were coming and i want you to be able to eat this is safe right mcdonald's cheeseburgers are one of my safe foods and i've mentioned it before It seems like such a silly thing, but it seriously touched me. A lot of the time, I feel like people don't take my digestive disorder seriously. And it was just really nice to have someone go the extra mile for you. I have never been happier to eat a cheeseburger. And there we go. Finally, some good stuff. 
I mean, that is just a lovely story. Because to be fair, he didn't have to do it. You said you were all right with it. But no, Brad's gone out of his way to just be a good man. And that is what we look for in friends. A good lad right there. I can't say that I empathize with you, but I definitely sympathize. I can imagine that a lot of people are just like, oh, digestive disorder? What does that mean? Just eat it, mate. It'll be all right. And that would probably be extremely frustrating for you after a while. I completely understand that. So to have someone fully recognize what you're going through and the disorder you have, and then go the extra mile and actually buy you something that you can eat and then enjoy your food with your pals, that is simply class from Brad. Uh, yeah. What a good man. Guests stole our Thanksgiving turkey. I'm confused and frustrated and I need to vent. We hosted Thanksgiving this year. Husband and I, our two kids, husband's siblings and nieces and nephews. And most importantly, husband's gravely ill mother. We're all at peace that this Thanksgiving and Christmas will probably be our last holidays together. It's been emotional and exhausting, but we really wanted to make a memorable day that everyone would enjoy. Our daughter Mary is visiting from college. And one day before she flew in, she says her boyfriend, Chris, is actually flying to our city to visit friends over the break mary asked if he could come over for thanksgiving we've never met chris before but to be honest we're not wild about him as soon as mary started dating him we started seeing some worrying changes in her our son who was just a couple of years older confided in us that mary is getting into the party scene largely because of chris we've tried gently bringing up our concerns with mary but she shuts it down and has started to pull away from us so because we didn't want to alienate her we said chris could visit but they'd need to stay in separate rooms she said that won't matter because he's booked a hotel room and she'll be staying there with him the whole weekend. Ah, okay. Cut to Thanksgiving and Mary and Chris arrive. He's not the greatest. He makes a couple of rude or snide remarks throughout the visit and hits the alcohol way harder than is appropriate. My family was in a very earnest mood, if that makes sense. Lots of emotion. And he was just dismissive and flippant and casts a shadow on everything. At one point, everyone started telling stories about their favorite holidays at my mother-in-law's house when she would go all out for family parties. My husband and I stopped working in the kitchen to join the conversation. When we go back to the kitchen after maybe half an hour, I went to check the turkey in the oven and it was gone, completely missing. I asked my husband if he did something with the turkey and he was just as confused as I was. We looked all over the kitchen and house and couldn't find it. We go out to the living room and ask everyone if they know what happened to the turkey and no one knows what we're talking about. At this point, I realize Chris isn't around. I pull Mary to the side and ask where he is because I don't want to jump to conclusions and make accusations. She said he had to leave to go and meet up with friends I asked her to text him and ask if he knows what happened to the turkey and mary kind of rolled her eyes At this point it's dawning on me that chris probably stole the turkey and left out the back door while we were sharing stories with my mother-in-law But i'm just so confused why anyone would do something like that I can't bring myself to actually make the accusation out loud So we were left in the terrible position of having everything else ready, but no turkey We had to break it to the family that we had no turkey and everyone is confused and sad Mary said she had to get going to an event with chris which deeply disappointed me I told her as much and she just said she'll see us again later this weekend My in-laws went driving around to restaurants and grocery stores and pieced together enough stuff that we were able to have a meal much later than expected But it felt like the whole day was ruined Everyone was kind of murmuring about chris leaving around the time the turkey disappeared But nobody actually wanted to accuse him out loud because it's such an explosive allegation and there's not actually any proof I'm just confused as to why anyone would do such a thing and heartbroken because my mother-in-law didn't deserve this at all At one point she teared up but pulled it together I'm also increasingly angry with my daughter But I feel like I can't say anything because she'll just pull away more and then a little update I was talking with my son today and he told me that last night chris started taunting him over text about the missing turkey So that settles it chris stole the turkey basically as a big f you to all of us My son didn't say anything at the time because he didn't want to make people more upset than they already were 
were. One of my husband's siblings is very mad at us for how things turned out and how my mother-in-law was disrespected. This sibling is not talking with us right now. I've tried calling and texting Mary, but she is so far ignoring me. That is all I have to say about this. Uh, I mean, the first thing that just springs to my mind here is what a weird thing to do. Why would you steal the turkey? I mean, I presume to go and eat it with your mates, but what a strange thing to do in your girlfriend's family home to steal a turkey at Thanksgiving. I've never heard anything like it and I'm not that surprised. Can you imagine first time meeting your girlfriend's parents? You're trying to put on a good show, you know, be polite, clearly failed. Be a nice person, clearly failed. Don't steal the turkey. Yeah, failed that one too. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you've got to just leave it up to your daughter to eventually just realize that this kid is weird. Wow. Um, let's carry on. Now, before we get into our next story, I have a very special announcement for you. After an insane amount of demand from you guys, I'm delighted to say that I've released some limited edition Not Today Karen merch. Picture this. You're out and about in the streets and a wild Karen appears and starts confronting you. What do you do? Well, normally you have to talk to a witch like this. However, Get one of these t-shirts or hoodies on and all you have to do is simply point to it laugh and walk away How easy is that the link is down in the description if you like what you see go ahead check the stuff out I think they'd make a great christmas present or even just a little gift for yourself as always It's official stuff from the very best supplier So the quality is unmatched and it's one of the best ways to support me and the channel with that being said Let's carry on my son spent two thousand dollars on my debit card to go party with his friends in a different state I'm beyond furious when you become a parent There are all sorts of moments where you wonder where it all went wrong, but this really takes the cake He's 17 and me and his father are divorced, but have a great relationship He's never seen us fighting or anything like that because he was young when it happened I've been hundred percent honest with him about it and it never seemed to negatively affect him Right when he turned 14 though, he started making my life a living hell Sneaking out to go and hang with girls not doing his homework stuff like that I've always been very relaxed when it came to the discipline stuff because my father abused me as a kid I would take his phone rather than keep him from friends or making it to where he had to come straight home after school But the behavior only got worse Up until a few months ago, I thought I raised the son from hell But he started getting better and we actually communicated like I wanted He blamed it on stress, missing his dad He's three states away for work right now and other stuff Because he was starting to be so good I let him have a card attached to my bank account So he could spend money on stuff he liked That turned out to be a mistake however As when I went to go check on him at 7am after getting a glass of water He wasn't in his bed Of course, I start furiously calling and calling him, but he's not answering. I see I have several texts from my bank about various amounts being spent from his card. I immediately disabled his card from my banking app. I'm going to be honest here, I cried and cried. The amount equaled to about $2,000. And while I'm not exactly living paycheck to paycheck, it's really going to hold me down. I called his dad and told him what happened. Then sent him a very long text of how I felt and how dare he freaking do this to the person putting a roof over his head. He finally answered at nine, saying he was over state lines and couldn't come home immediately. When he did finally get home, however, we had a huge altercation. I did throw stuff at him and told him to get out of my house. I've never felt so out of control. I've never screamed and cussed as much as I did in that moment. He said the reason he did it was because he finally got a legit girlfriend and wanted to impress her and the boys. Apparently, some of his friends are as old as 21. I don't know where he is right now, and frankly, I couldn't care less. I told his father he needs to fly down here and get him. I'm tired of putting 
breaking up with abuse from my son and this was the last freaking straw you sacrifice everything to give someone a good life just to get spit in the face and i'm tired of it i've been calling my bank to get this all sorted out but i feel like i've just been stabbed in the heart Uh, i don't even know where to begin with this one just a horrible thing for your son to do the problem that you've got is how do you even deal with this like what do you do now is it even your fault that this happened in the first place i don't know obviously there are different ways of parenting right you can go down the really strict route and you've got your reasons for not doing that and that's fair enough and often if a parent does that then their child will rebel against them and end up being worse than they would have been anyway so for me in my experience of my parents and what i think i would do with my children is be a pretty lenient parent and let them make their own decisions and fail for themselves and then you know at least i have common sense but i don't know clearly in this situation for whatever reason it hasn't worked and your kids seem to just have little respect for you if i'm honest two thousand dollars on your card yeah i would never ever do that i think the thing now is that you have to tell him that he needs to pay back the money right sell a games console work do whatever it might take a long time but it's your money that he's stolen without asking he has to pay it back i've been telling people at work that i'm a leo i'm not in an attempt to create a long con prank to prove to them that astrology is utter bs but my plan is getting out of hand and i don't think i can follow through on my big reveal i think astrology is one of the dumbest most unscientific things you could possibly believe in honestly i would judge someone less for believing that the earth is flat or being a scientologist at least scientology has an established law of writing created by a limited number of people whereas apparently anyone can write horoscopes for any small town newspaper and people will still follow their local little blurbs advice anyway there's a group of co-workers at my job who are way into astrology they're always talking about science and compatibility it didn't work out because he's a gemini etc sometimes they talk about people at work and their personality traits based on their signs when they asked me i told them a fake birthday without even knowing the sign associated with it it turns out that based on this information i'm a leo They practically fell all over themselves telling me how much sense that made you have such a creative spirit or you're so generous or my favorites you're so vital like what does that even mean we're all pretty friendly with each other so i thought it would be kind of funny to do this and then reveal to them later that i'm not a leo at all to see how they reacted and cover for themselves to justify their ongoing belief in magic star influences well unfortunately one of my bosses seems to believe that me being a leo makes me uniquely suited to work on various projects and i've actually landed on some good opportunities because of it after a presentation to clients i was recently told that my leo spirit was really carrying the team through such a difficult deadline now i'm genuinely worried that someone is going to figure out my real birthday i work for a big company that has my real birthday in the system and there's a chance that some weird auto-generated public email or post somewhere will congratulate the october birthdays or something i'm basically caught up in a lie that's based on nonsense to begin with and i'm really confused about what to do i will probably never tell anyone at work this information so i figured i'd tell a bunch of strangers on the internet in the hopes that i don't get found out and have some kind of weird disciplinary action taken imagine my boss firing me for pretending to be a leo that's such a pisces thing to do i'm kidding but also help Now, fortunately, a month after this, OP posted an update. Let's get straight into it. Well, thanks to everyone for offering so much sound advice and all the sympathy in the comments. There were a lot of people adamantly defending astrology too, but thankfully, the sensible, reasonable people were active enough to provide me with some pretty good ideas for how to handle this. Sorry, long post incoming, but a lot has happened. It's been about a month and things are just getting weirder, unfortunately but I tried to do the right thing. A couple of weeks ago, after I worked up the courage, I sat down with the original co-workers that I gave the wrong birthday to. 
without my boss who is becoming the real issue right now I basically told them hey something really awkward is going on with our boss And it kind of started because of a lie I told you guys a couple of months ago Of course when you openly admit to lying people get interested and the people at my job are really drama hungry So of course they immediately needed to know everything i'm paraphrasing here But I told them so remember when we were all talking about birthdays and signs I kind of told you guys the wrong birthday because i'm really uncomfortable with my sign I don't think it fits me at all. Now, this was a good thing to say, apparently, because they immediately laughed so much. And when I told them my actual sign, they said, that's such a, your actual sign, thing to do. Thanks to some helpful Redditors who pointed out the astrology-minded can do mental gymnastics to make anything work. I've got to say, OP, that is a very clever way of admitting that you gave them the wrong star sign, because it's not showing that you lied, it's just showing that there was another reason, even though you are still lying right now. So I told them that I always felt like a Leo, and I really liked a lot of the qualities that I read about them. So I gave a fake birthday so people would like me more, which they seemed to really understand. They were really nice about it, and I felt really guilty that I was basically lying to cover the lie, but I'm already in too deep. So I told them, hey, this is really awkward for me because our boss is giving me more opportunities because I'm a Leo. At this point, one of them says basically, hey, you know what? Maybe Leo is your rising sign. Again, this is exactly what some people in the comments predicted and offered to do my chart for me. Feeling super guilty about lying to these nice people and I guess trying to connect with them rather than mock them. I said, okay, sure. We work remote a lot of days, but we actually made plans to meet back up at the office and then stay after we finish work so they could do the reading is it called a reading i literally don't know it was super dumb but i enjoyed it we went into a conference room and we mapped out the whole chart i had no freaking idea what was going on but i appreciated the attention towards the end of the session or whatever you call it and mind you this is like 8 p.m by now and at my job that means freaking no one is in the building especially with a lot of people still working remotely who walks past the conference room but my freaking boss The one who's been fawning over my performance since thinking I was a Leo. I guess she'd come in to pick up some stuff or had stayed late. Who knows? She comes in and sees the charts and my notes that I'd taken about my birth time and stuff. And since she's really into astrology, she gets all excited and goes, Oh, what's going on in here? And my co-worker, who was a freaking G, just saved my butt. Explaining that I'd lied about my birthday. That I wasn't a Leo, but that I always felt like one, but doing it way better than I ever could. Essentially gaining so much sympathy for me and making me seem like this tortured, misunderstood person who felt like I was trapped in the wrong star sign. It was awesome and the vibe vibes were good. So my boss and my co-worker are going over my chart and it turns out that I'm not a Leo rising, but I am a Gemini rising. And that got them talking about how that was so me because I'm really social at work and I'm a multitasker and talkative. And they basically forgot that a couple of months ago, I was so a Leo. When I could sense the vibe was good, I even made a joke like, hey, I know that you needed a Leo helping out on those projects, but I hope there's room for a Gemini. Ha ha. She ate it up and was like, hey, I think a Gemini is compatible with the team we have now. You obviously have already fit right in, blah, blah, blah. So the work thing is no longer a concern. But here's where it kind of gets bad again. My boss asked to take the chart home, which I didn't really think anything of, I guess, because I certainly don't care about it or want it. And then a few days go by and then it's the weekend. And then I log on to a Zoom meeting on Monday and she asked me to stay on after everyone has hung up. She goes, OP, I'm sorry if this is overstepping, but I know you're recently single. My daughter is close to your age, just finished college, and according to your charts, you'd be so compatible. So I'd love it if you would ask her out sometime. 
she kept saying no pressure But if you know this woman, she obviously was pressuring me and she's clearly too invested in her employees personal lives Honestly, I was so dumbfounded when she brought it up that I was basically speechless So that was about a week ago and since then she's had her daughter follow and dm me on instagram and email me and start basically flirting with me It's all pretty casual conversation, but she's clearly prepped her with things like you'd be perfect for him I've kind of still getting back to her because honestly, I think this is really inappropriate And the last thing I want to do is become more involved in my boss's life and certainly not with someone she's related to This all feels pretty inappropriate, but I also feel worried about hurting feelings So yeah, this is awkward and i'd argue it's perhaps worse than when we started help Now if I was boring, I would probably say something along the lines of well, that's why you shouldn't lie in the first place But i'm not so instead there's only one solution Unfortunately, my friend you are now locked in and you need to marry the boss's daughter That's all you can do. You have to do it. You've got yourself into this mess You have to follow through now Ultimately, if you don't now start a family with this woman and stay with her for the rest of your life, then you are a disgrace Um, yeah, that's why you don't like it. That is why you don't lie And for those of you that might want to know my star sign it's cancer So get down in the comments and let me know does that make sense or not and i'm definitely not lying about that trying to catch people out we'll never know let's carry on my husband is going to be either pleasantly or unpleasantly surprised when he gets home i'm not the best at keeping secrets so it's killing me inside and i wanted to let it out somewhere so here i am yesterday i overheard my husband talking to his friend over the phone about how much he missed his mother's homemade meals we're both indian first gen americans since we got married a little over a year ago and moved in together we've mainly been cooking easy to make meals we split the cooking 50 50 and keep our meals as healthy as possible while trying out different different stuff but barely dipped our toes in our own culture's cuisine there aren't any indian grocery stores near us so it's hard to find certain key ingredients but we figured it was no big deal and gave up on the idea i had no problem with it but i didn't know how much he was craving my mother-in-law's food until yesterday both of our families live in another state so it's just us two so i decided to call up my mother-in-law last night to ask her for the recipe of my husband's favorite dish once i wrote down everything i needed i tried looking for the nearest indian grocery store two hours away yikes however i was in too deep to go back at that point so i woke up at 5 a.m today about six hours before we normally wake up on the weekends and drove to the store to get everything i needed i made sure to buy in bulk so we could continue to cook more of our favorite meals for a while once i got back at around 10 30 i made sure to check if he was still asleep before i brought the grocery bags in and thankfully he was so i hid the bags in an empty kitchen cabinet and acted as naturally as i could obviously i needed him out of the house so i called up one of his close friends to ask if he could hang with him for a few hours which he was glad to do so now i'm home alone i'm currently working on the recipe my mother-in-law gave me and i've been struggling a bit but i'm trying my best i really hope he loves it or at least appreciates my efforts in the event that it doesn't turn out that great i'm kind of nervous though if this gets any attention i'll post an update and thousands of upvotes later it certainly did get attention so here is that update from just a few hours later the same day i'd finished cooking and setting the table a mere 10 minutes before he got home so i started cleaning up the kitchen as i waited i had the pleasure of seeing his reaction as soon as he walked in since there's a perfect view of the front door from the kitchen he was instantly taken aback because the aroma of most indian food is very much distinct his eyes shot back and forth between me and the food for a few seconds before he asked what was going on he's usually very calm and collected so it was endearing seeing his emotions written all over his face 
He reluctantly inched towards the food and once the realization hit him that it was his mother's recipe He wore an expression that I hadn't seen before his voice cracked and it turned into a sob when he thanked me and embraced me in a bone-crushing hug I'm still sore from it. He hasn't cried in front of me in months So I was just as much if not more taken aback than he was I was supposed to render him speechless and there I was at a loss for words I didn't expect him to react that way in all honesty and I found myself tearing up too He'd expressed that no one had ever gone out of their way to do something this thoughtful for him and it made my heart all mushy Anyway, after we both calmed down and sat down to eat He could tell I was anxious about him trying it So he reassured me that nothing could possibly ruin the night unless he gets food poisoning But even then he'd vomit his brains out with a smile on his face He said his jokes always lighten up the mood. So I was grateful for that and as it turned out He enjoyed it albeit my cooking could never compare to my mother-in-law's He called her up and expressed how happy he was that he got a taste of home after so long He's been in such a good mood since then and it really puts a smile on my face I've never really gone out of my way to do something this extreme for anyone before But I didn't even give it a second thought nor did I for a second regret the four-hour drive Even with these gas prices right now I'm just happy that he loved the dish and as many of you said even if it hadn't turned out well He still would have felt the same I try my best to do nice things for him because he makes me the happiest wife ever Also, for those curious as to what I made, it was Halim and Naan. He grew up eating it pretty often, and my mother-in-law's food is to die for. I wish I'd taken a picture, but my phone had died by the time I was done cooking. Probably because I kept hopping on here. And my husband was too eager to dive in to even think of taking a picture of the food. To me, that just made the moment even more special. Wow, there we go. What an incredibly wholesome story. That is one of the things that I love about r slash true off my chest. If you've never come across it before, yes, I would say the majority of things are inherently negative because you're admitting something anonymously that you wouldn't say in real life. But then also there are stories like this, which are just fantastic and, you know, uplifting. And you can sense the apprehension in OP's voice in the first post. But look, amazing story, amazing gesture, by the way. And uh, yeah, just allowed it went well. See, this comment on screen right now is exactly what I mean. A kind and helpful mother-in-law, a supportive and grateful boyfriend this can't be reddit seriously though so cute that's the thing the majority of stuff on reddit let's be honest with each other is quite negative especially when it comes to familial stuff but this story was fantastic my family seemed disappointed i beat my illness my little nephew confirmed my suspicions i am a 47 year old man and i was diagnosed with cancer about six months ago i don't know what happened but i was misdiagnosed it wasn't malignant as the initial diagnosis anyway i'm recovering now i don't know why but it felt like my mum and sister weren't all glad about me recovering i didn't make a fuss but I told my girlfriend about my observation. She told me not to worry and that they were probably still in shock. We were invited to my mum's house last Sunday and that's when my nephew, who was 12, was a bit angry and blurted out something about him thinking he was going to be rich soon because I was sick. It felt like a gut punch. I'm child-free, so I don't really know when people start being buttholes, but it felt like he's still too young for that. So the next explanation is that he's heard the adults around him say it. I laughed and looked at my family. They pretended they didn't hear. Only my girlfriend watched me in horror. I asked my nephew why he would think he would get rich when I have my girlfriend. He was confused. I saw my sister turn around at that announcement. My girlfriend spent the rest of the evening holding my hand, caressing it. Mum called the day after and she was dancing around the subject, trying to find out more. I never discussed my will with anyone, but what were they expecting? I've been with my girlfriend for 13 years. She's the love of my life and my family. What the frick is going on? I'm changing my will, excluding my nephews who I thought I would leave some for. It's going to charity instead. Imagine that. You get diagnosed with cancer and your family are literally waiting for you to die so they can benefit from your will. 
How could you ever look at them the same? That is disgraceful. Good on you, OP, for even getting rid of your nephew from the will. I don't care that his family was saying the same thing. He's 12 years old now. He's more than old enough to think for himself. And that is just disgusting. I found out my boyfriend baby trapped me. I am an 18-year-old woman, and I'm currently 24 weeks pregnant with a baby boy. I've been with my 19-year-old boyfriend since I was a freshman and he was a sophomore. True high school sweethearts. We have that picture-perfect small-town relationship of the head cheerleader and football captain, even down to winning homecoming king and queen nearly every year. I'm in my last year of school, and since I've been pregnant, it's been really, really difficult. I'm doing dual enrollment courses through college too, so I'm supposed to be graduating with my associates when I graduate high school. I'm extremely exhausted, both mentally and physically. I really wouldn't wish this on anyone. I've been terribly sick. Everything makes me feel sick. I just want to sleep all the time, and now people are staring and whispering constantly since I'm showing. Last night, I was over at my boyfriend's house, and we decided to bake some cookies just for the heck of it, and I was craving something sweet. He didn't have any cookie dough, so I thought we could look up a YouTube video and make it from scratch. He added me his phone, and I typed in how to into Google. The first thing that comes up is literally how to baby trap a girl. I didn't know if this was some kind of joke or what. I clicked his search history, went way back, and saw a whole list of searches, like how to tamper with birth control pills, how to increase sperm counts, how to track ovulation, just all kind of weird searches. I just showed him his phone and asked what all that was about. He laughed and just said plain as day, well, I wanted a baby. I was in complete shock. I asked why he thought that was a good idea and if he actually did anything that these searches suggested. He said that he did, and the reason why he did was because he thought we were ready to start a family. I'm absolutely fuming at this point, and I just left to drive home. He's texted, called, everything trying to talk to me, but I don't even know where to begin. I'm so mad. I mean, I don't know the legalities here, but surely that has to be illegal. Surely, OP, you can now go to the police with the evidence that you have from these searches. Or I guess try and voice record him confessing to what he did like that has to be illegal, right? If you do know anything, please let me know in the comments down below But surely tampering with birth control pills that has to be illegal leave this man immediately My dog's previous owners tried to get him back and now i'm traumatized My husband and I adopted a dog after learning he has severe anxiety We haven't left him alone while my partner or I go to work. He goes to daycare We do weekend activities and walk him after dinner each night We don't even go out to eat unless we can bring him and we just sit outside in my opinion i think we are decent owners he's currently in training and on meds for separation anxiety recently we went semi-viral for a post i won't go into specifics for privacy reasons my account was tagged and shortly after i got a dm the user a karen went on to explain how she found me and after stalking my profile she could see we lived in the same county apparently her and her husband were remote workers but soon were required back to the office the dog now my dog the one i adopted was being left in the crate by this karen and eventually had started to destroy his crate. And when he broke free, he destroyed their apartment. She goes on to say how she is back to being a remote worker and would like the dog back, having the time for him now. She sent pictures of him to prove everything she was saying. I told her they made the right decision, understanding they didn't have the time or resources. But I'm not a foster. I adopted this dog and he's mine. I told her I'm sorry she regrets giving him up, but dogs are lifelong commitments and I'm not going to give him back just because she, and I quote, had him first. She went on to tell me what a horrible person I was and how she had the dog since he was eight weeks old and she's practically the only mum he's ever known. I, again, told her no, then finally blocked her. Two weeks pass and I'm home alone with the dog when I hear someone jiggle the door handle and then start pounding on my door. I saw on the camera a man. 
I asked him what he wanted through our security app and he told me to open the god dang door The dog followed me into our back bedroom where I locked the door and grabbed my husband's firearm I'm still on the app and I tell him i'm armed and if anyone tries to come into the house I will use it. He needs to leave now and i'm calling the police He's just yelling open the door you freaking female dog. I know who you are. I felt physically sick He said my name. I call 911 and text my husband to come home now I tell the operator i'm 14 weeks pregnant and someone is trying to break into my house, but i'm armed for five minutes He continues to pound on my front door. I'm watching through the app making sure he hasn't broken in yet The longest five minutes of my life the cops came shortly before my husband got there I watched the whole ordeal through my phone with my husband screaming. Where's my wife? Police pull the guy to the side to which he claims we'd stolen his mum's dog the dog the freaking dog I'd gotten paranoid after listening to a true crime episode of a woman cutting a baby out of another woman's belly Police told him that was civil matter, but trespassing was not We were asked if we want to press charges and we are I'm still so shaken as to how he figured out where we lived Was I being stalked since then i've changed all my social media handles and now i'm just waiting on what happens next Wow, first of all, i'm so sorry you went through this. This sounds horribly traumatic uh, I can't actually believe that someone would go through these lengths for a dog secondly this guy he needs to be locked up for a very very long time you're so right about the rules of adoption but none of that really even matters at this point simply this guy has come and threatened to you know do crazy things to you on your property surely that means that he's getting locked up for a long time at least i hope so my boyfriend smashed our television set in anger when his football team lost I am a 29 year old woman and i've honestly never been so scared in my life My sister is letting me stay with her only her and my brother-in-law know what happened I've never seen anyone so furious over something so small I'm going to end our relationship because I can't stay with this man who destroys things over a loss Especially with me cornered in the room while he's yelling and smashing I'm ashamed but for a second I thought I would die It was so scary and though it was on friday thinking about it now still makes me cry It wasn't over an american football team I live in the uk and we are southampton supporters. I don't know a thing about american football Now the reason I chose this short story to include in this episode is because I myself am a big football fan in the uk I'm a big chelsea fan one of the biggest teams in this country If you didn't know just last week I actually went to milan to watch chelsea away against ac milan in a truly wonderful game of football as you can probably tell yeah i do get sometimes quite you know emotional when watching football let's just say however there's a difference between being really into a sport and this which is just ridiculous and bordering on abusive op you should never ever feel ashamed when someone is literally smashing something in front of you because of a game of sport i mean that is truly ridiculous it obviously was so scary get rid of him now so far this episode has been quite negative i will say but that is not the case for all stories on r slash true off my chest so i've chosen this one that is very wholesome to end off today's video today my wife met my girlfriend i a 32 year old man am a widow my wife passed away from pancreatic cancer five years ago she was forcibly behind our two kids ron who is 10 and harry who is seven my wife was the absolute light of my life We were high school sweethearts, went to the same college, and got married after graduation. We were inseparable. Every day I fell more in love with her. It was like my heart was living outside my body. When she passed, the amount of pain I was in was indescribable. I prayed to go to sleep and not wake up, just so I could see her one last time. I even contemplated meeting her, but every time I was ready, my kids would look at me. 
They had her face, her personality, her DNA. I couldn't leave them. They were all I had left of her. It took years before I was able to function normally again. I even quit my job and lived off of savings and her life insurance for about a year. I was half the dad I used to be and only a fraction of my former self. Two years after her passing, I decided enough was enough and I kicked myself into gear. I found a job in a different city, closer to my parents. I packed my kids up and I moved. Life was hard, but I kept dragging along and eventually I found some joy. A year after moving, I took a business trip to New York where I met my current girlfriend, Lila. While I acknowledged there was chemistry, I told her I was already married and she understood. However, a few months later, I had to go back to New York where we met up again. I let my guard down for the first time around her. Before I knew it, she was putting in a transfer for my home branch and moving to my city. I fell in love with her and I asked her out a year ago next month. My kids adore her and though she reminded them she will never take their mum's place, they lovingly call her Mama L. Today was the anniversary of my wife's passing, an extremely hard day for all of us. This morning, I walked into the living room to find Lila and my kids waiting for me. The kids were dressed in their church clothes with goofy smiles on their faces and bouquets in hand. Apparently, Lila came up with the idea of a picnic at my wife's grave, an idea that the boys loved as they enjoyed going to see their mum. While I was sleeping, they prepared food and flowers, then insisted on wearing their best clothes. I'll admit that I cried at the sight of them. I don't know how I got this lucky twice in a row. I wanted my wife to meet this amazing woman, so I asked Lila to come along, and she did. The day that I dread every year turned out to be a humbling reminder of the reason why I stayed on this planet. To my lovely wife, you can never be replaced, but she is good to me and she takes care of our kids like you would. Thank you for sending her to me. And now we have a little update from OP. I already had a profound appreciation for my girlfriend before I made that post, but the comments gave me an entirely new perspective. The night after I made that post, I took my girlfriend out to dinner and I can't explain it, but the light I was viewing her in was different. Everything she did that night gave me butterflies. She was showing me pictures that she took at the aquarium with my oldest and I couldn't stop staring at her. In that moment, I came to the conclusion that I was going to propose a lot sooner than I expected. A few days later, I went ring shopping with her mum, who was very excited, and we found the perfect ring. I then made a reservation at her favorite restaurant for last Friday and set the big day in motion. Long story short, I'm getting married again. As some of you said, promotions can wait, though after looking at her wedding dress, I may need a promotion to financially recover. I'm excited to start this journey with her and my amazing kids. As I've said before, I am so lucky. I hope you all find your own Lila and thank you again. So there you go. As you can see, not every story on this subreddit is inherently negative. I mean, that is just such a nice story. So wholesome, so sad, but it's amazing how life can change in just a small period of time. And yeah, I do agree with you. You've been very fortunate to meet someone else who is pretty much as amazing as your wife was. I found a $650,000 treasure when I was a kid. So I've never told anyone this outside my wife, but it's been a few years now, so here goes. When I was 12, I found a bag containing rare coins worth over $650,000. This was 96, 97-ish in winter. After school, a lot of the neighborhood kids would meet at a nearby pond to play pond hockey. For me, the easiest way to get there was to cut through the parking lot of some businesses at the edge of town through a half mile or so path in the woods. One day, I'm walking down and I see a black leather bag laying next to a tree. It was kind of frozen, so I put it in my duffel bag bag and brought it with me when i got home i opened it and saw a pair of motorcycle boots and two airline tickets i thought the motorcycle boots were so cool i was a wwf fan at the time and they were like the boots Shawn michaels wore they were too big for me but i definitely saved them for when i was old enough to ride a motorcycle or wrestle with the airline tickets i thought i was rich they're expensive right i took them to school and told everyone i was now rich a teacher let me know they were actually boarding passes from earlier travel that's worthless oh well i forgot about the bag and 
boots after that and they literally sat in my closet for 20 plus years until my parents decided to move to a smaller house they asked me to come by and clean out my former closets there were lots of books baseball cards and trinkets from childhood to go through i came across the black bag which i hadn't thought about in decades i took out the boots and noticed the bottom of the bag had a zipper i opened it There were some empty sheets of legal pad paper crumpled up below them was a plastic sleeve with six gold and silver coins four us and two canadian i quickly googled these and saw crazy prices ranging from a couple of thousand dollars to over a million i didn't tell anyone as i figured that they were fakes but i brought them with me on my next trip to new york city and went to a few coin hobby shops i was getting offers of five to fifteen thousand for the set but the last guy i went to said two of the coins in particular were ultra valuable and could go for much higher at auction so that's what i did The auction wasn't until a year later and ended up being virtual due to COVID. But altogether, I received $646,000. After fees, that meant 525K. But obviously, I had to pay taxes on this as well. I hadn't told my wife because I wanted to surprise her. And she was shocked when FedEx showed up the next day with a check for half a million. I never told anyone because I was afraid someone would say that the coins belonged to them. But it's now been 25 years, so I figure I'm good. All right, first of all, you are one lucky geezer. That is nuts. 650K from something you just happened to find and come across. How lucky are you? Secondly, I'm not entirely sure where I stand on this uh, from a moral perspective, given that the things weren't yours and it did seem like you stole the bag. But it has been 25 years, as you say. Um, so I guess it's okay. I think the truth is, though, and you know this yourself, as you said at the end of your post, if the original holder and owner of these coins came along and found you, like that would still be their money, right? Their property, surely. I don't know. Let me know how you feel about this in the comments down below my wife went out last night and didn't come home until this morning this is horrible i'm furious right now but i'm also depressed as hell i know what i have to do it's just killing me that i have to do it it's fresh and it hurts a lot my wife didn't come home last night she went out with a couple of girlfriends which is pretty normal for her she's normally back around 2 a.m on these nights so i waited up around 2 30 i called to check in she answered and i could hear people in the background she told me they went to a party but were leaving in a couple of minutes she wasn't home by three though so i texted it delivered but no reply around 4 a.m i called again it rang a couple of times before she sent me to voicemail my wife finally came stumbling through the door at 6 47 a.m this morning i know the exact time because i was worried she was wearing a dress she didn't leave the house in with mesh leggings i've never seen either the leggings had clearly been torn and her makeup was smudged my heart sank when i saw her My immediate worry was that she'd been assaulted. She only shook her head no when I asked her that. I asked her what she'd been doing then. She only said that I knew what she'd been doing and that kind of confirmed what the voice in the back of my head had been screaming since she walked in. My wife cheated on me last night. I asked her who it was. She shrugged almost casually and said it was somebody they met at the club. She went back to his house and hooked up with him, then Ubered home. She then said she didn't want to fight and just wanted to sleep, so that's what she did. She's still asleep now and didn't even take a shower before passing out. Suffice to say, our relationship is over. We don't have any kids and we rent, so it shouldn't be an extremely complicated process. I keep trying to reason myself out of it, pretending there might be something to salvage here. I've always maintained that cheating would be a red line for me, though. I think I need to stick to that now. And then just a couple of days later we got the following update from op me again folks i'm sorry i didn't get around to this sooner i wasn't able to get the date off work yesterday because my boss kind of sucks i was a complete mess at work though so i was allowed to take the rest of the week as vacation thankfully i think i went through all the stages of grief while my soon-to-be ex was sleeping i wasn't expecting my post to get any attention at all i just figured i needed to try to talk to someone about it because i was not in a good headspace 
I made the post in the morning and by noon she was still conked out in the bedroom I processed things a bit more and I had a rough plan in my head that I was starting to set in motion I made a short list of questions. I wanted answers to gathered up all my important documents laptop, etc Then I went into the bedroom and started packing myself a suitcase I know a lot of folks on reddit wanted me to kick her out and I did consider it But honestly, i'm not overly attached to this place We just rent and i'm in a lucky enough situation to be able to say that paying half the rent for a few months Isn't going to financially end me. Yeah, it will sting a bit I won't lie, but i'll make it and I feel like being around this place is only going to remind me of her anyway I need to be looking forward not back She ended up waking about halfway through me packing my suitcase There was a momentary confusion as she looked around the room. Then she just started bawling Maybe this is awful of me, but I didn't bother comforting her I told her I had the screenshots of her uber and text messages from her phone And that plus her confirmation was enough that things between us were completely done She didn't answer me and just cried louder I debated trying to continue the conversation But I decided to just pack the rest of my suitcase and head back out to the living room until she came out When she finally left the bedroom, she sat next to me on the couch and asked me if we could talk things through I told her as calmly as possible that wasn't how things were going to work I was going to ask questions and I wanted honest answers. She told me she'd be honest, so I proceeded. My voice was shaking the entire time. It was taking me everything to hold it together, but I kept going. Was this the first time she cheated? She started crying before she answered that, then told me no. She cheated on me multiple times over the course of our relationship. It was, and I'm going to use her words exactly here, just sex, a way for me to let off steam, None of it ever meant anything. I wrote a comment shortly after making my post that all the love couldn't just fade away in one swoop. Well, it can. It hit me right then that I wasn't dealing with my wife. The person I was married to literally wasn't in the room. This was someone different. She refused to tell me exactly how many times she cheated, just more than last night. Next question, had she used protection? No hesitation from her before she nodded her head emphatically. She seemed surprised I'd even asked that. I'm still gonna get tested just to be safe. I did some research into timing and I'm going to look after it. Were her friends also cheating on their spouses? Yes and no. I tried to get her to tell me which of her friends were cheating so I could get in contact with their spouses. She probably should have told me because her refusal led to me messaging pretty much the romantic partner of every one of her girlfriends I could find on social media. There are a couple I don't know or couldn't find, but I did my part. And finally, why did she do it? This was the answer that gutted me the most. I'm going to use her exact words again. I need to have sexual variety. I told her that it's not like our sex life is dull, but she clarified, it's not the same as something new. I didn't even have a response to that one. I'd expected something about me working too much or not supporting her emotionally. Nope, she just screwed other guys because she felt like it and wanted to have some fun. When I didn't respond, she started asking me about counseling and therapy. I reiterated that our relationship was over. I'd be leaving. What she did next disgusted me. My ex actually tried to have sex with me. She put her hands on me and started trying to take off my clothes. I felt like I wanted to vomit and pushed her away after a couple of seconds. She just kept telling me that she would figure out a way to fix it, that we'd work through it together. I told her there was no way and she started bawling again. She went to the bathroom and locked herself inside. I was just sick of everything at that point. I called her mother and told her what was going on. The full story too. The cheating, the questions I'd asked, and the fact I was leaving. I've always had a good relationship with my ex's parents. They both decided to drive to town, which is about an hour for them. 
Once I knew someone was on the way, I just grabbed my things and left. Her waterworks in the bathroom were just annoying me because it felt hollow to me, especially given the answers to my questions. I ended up packing another bag before I left and took all the things that I could think of that I felt sentimental attachment to with me. I found a parking lot and sat in my car until I was able to get in contact with a buddy for a place to crash. I tried to take a nap, but I was running on way too much adrenaline. I knew when her parents had made it to the apartment because she started calling me. When I didn't answer those, she started texting. She'd gone from sad and crying to furious. Apparently, I'm a freaking POS for telling her mum everything. Whoops, I'm not sorry. I've received roughly 100 texts from her since leaving. They range from name calling all the way to begging me to come back to sending me pictures of the food she ate for some reason. I haven't responded to any of them. I feel like I said my piece before leaving. So that's where I'm at now. We didn't have joint finances, so that part was easy. I canceled all the subscriptions that go to my credit card just to be sure and changed all my important passwords. I'm crashing on my friend's couch for the next bit, but I've got some feelers out to sort some short-term rental places until I can find something more permanent. I've got feelers out for a divorce attorney too. A coworker of mine had a recommendation, so barring something better, I'll probably go with them. I also wanted to say that I was shocked at how supportive everyone was on Reddit, and thank you for that. Truly, from the bottom of my heart, it isn't easy for me to talk about emotional things with people close to me. This was an invaluable venting place for me. Thank you all so much. And there we go, back down to earth with a uh, sad story. I mean, look, at least the ending is somewhat positive, I guess, and it does, again, show the power of Reddit and how supportive it can be as a community, but wow, what a tough one. Like, the lack of remorse as well is the most brutal thing in this. When your wife was just like, you know what I did. How do you even take that? Good for you, though, I will say, for getting out of there and not taking any more of this BS from your ex. It's crazy how only after she realizes that you are going for real does she actually show some emotion because doing that coming home at like six and then just saying yeah you know what i did Uh, i'm going to sleep nuts my husband saved my life and our son's life and doesn't know it when i was about 24 my daughter was five and me and my husband got into it because of a disagreement about our daughter my husband was going to take her to the park but i said she has to read with me she was just learning then she can go to the park She was very upset and my husband walked the dog while she read to me She finished and my husband was still walking the dog and she was mad that I stopped her park session I said, why don't we go? iPhones were just becoming big and my husband and I had one So I said we can text him and he can bring the dog too And she said mummy was mean and she only wanted to play with daddy And it's more fun when mummy is home because mummy is mean I don't remember the exact words, but they were something like that I just told her I was sorry I went upstairs into our bedroom, then I cried for a bit I grabbed my antidepressants and poured the whole bottle into my hand I have a picture of me my husband and our daughter on her first day of school and I stopped and grabbed it and looked at it I just said at their faces for a while I remember I was thinking about how happy they're gonna be when i'm gone Mummy won't be around to be mean to everyone just her and daddy playing all day Then my husband came upstairs and asked her where's Mummy?" And then I heard him coming upstairs and I put the pills back into the bottle and then went into bed to pretend I was napping My husband asked if I wanted to go to the park with them I said no because our daughter says i'm mean and he's fun He said I guarantee if you go to the park and play with her, she'll forget all about that She's five. She probably doesn't even remember what we had for breakfast this morning I said I was tired and he told me he really wanted me to go. So I said fine I went to the park and we built sandcastles and I pushed her on the swing and I even swung with her We went down the slides and everything but i'll never forget this moment We were swinging together and she said i'm supergirl and I picked her up off and held her like she was flying and said Here comes Supergirl to the rescue, and she was laughing and giggling. Then we built sandcastles again, and she said, I love you, mummy. 
I said, Mummy loves you too, and gave her a nice smooch on the cheek. That is one of my favorite moments in life. My husband was right. I found out three days later I was pregnant. This was five years ago. If my husband didn't make me go to the park that day, I wouldn't be here, and neither would our son or our other kids. I'm a mother of three now, and I'm planning on asking my husband for a fourth. Nobody knows this story. Wow, there we go. What a way to end this episode. I mean, that is a close call. If your husband had not gone up those stairs, unbelievable. I guess, if anything, it just shows that even in your darkest moment, you're not too far away from a lifetime like this. The difference, you know, the juxtaposition between that moment and even that same day when you went to the park and had a great time with your daughter is crazy. Let alone the fact that now you have an amazing family. You're going to have your fourth kid, hopefully, in the future. All of that could have been lost in that one moment. Such a sad story, but also so happy at the same time. My 19-year-old sister is getting married to her high school teacher. My younger sister is getting married to her 36 year old high school teacher in a few days and everyone seems okay with it She graduated a year ago and they told us they were dating almost immediately after the graduation I was shocked and angry, but everyone around me was happy and supportive of them The teacher divorced his wife two years ago and started paying attention to my sister He spoke to her after class regularly and paid special attention to her studies I thought this was weird and talked to my sister about this But she told me he was helping her because she was the best student of her class Which she was a few months ago only a few months into dating they announced that they were engaged I tried talking to my parents about their age difference and stuff, but they didn't want to hear it I talked to my sister and she told me she's happy and that she loves him We live in a small town with a tight-knit community and everyone else is supporting their marriage I'm feeling useless right now and i'm angry at myself. I was unable to protect my sister I feel like I failed my duties as an older sibling. I hate everyone around me How do they not see what's going on here? Now the amazing thing about this post is that that was posted on reddit 11 months ago But just four days ago, we got an update I wanted to share an update on my sister's situation since it's been a year and the situation has changed significantly in a positive way Since the marriage a year ago I've made it a point to talk to my sister regularly on the phone that I gave her a few weeks in her husband started pushing her to be in a Traditional wife role which created a wedge between her and her friends But I made sure to keep in touch and to visit her once every month Her husband did not like that, but he tolerated it to keep up appearances. To deal with my frustrations, I joined a gym and started working out. Luckily, my boss at my job turned out to be a great lady who listened to me and gave me a lot of support and advice. She told me I could call her when I needed help and became my mentor and an older sister I could lean on while also paying me well. Some months into the marriage, her husband managed to domesticate her completely. She stopped going out almost entirely and had very little independence and he tried to start separating my sister from me. However, As I kept a good and consistent relationship with her, he wasn't able to do it. A couple of months ago, he started hinting to my sister about wanting kids. But I kept repeating to my sister that she should not have children until a few years into marriage. Last month, he told her directly that he wanted children. And my sister told him that she wanted to wait. He started pressuring her to get her contraceptive implant removed. So last week, I went back home to talk to him. I always try to be polite to him whenever I visit their home so that he doesn't have any ammo to try to separate us. During conversation, I brought up that he was pressuring my sister to get her contraceptive implant removed. It escalated into an argument with him saying that he had a right to have children with his wife. When I didn't back down, he got frustrated and took a swing at me, which didn't connect properly. I didn't hesitate in punching him back in his face. He fell backwards and started howling in pain. 
I wanted to do that since this whole ordeal started and it was satisfying. I think him hitting me was my sister's wake up call. He called the cops and told them that I assaulted him. Fortunately, I made sure to record everything whenever I visited their home. I used my Apple Watch for this and it's a great tool for stealthy audio recording. I called my boss and told her about what happened and she promised to send a lawyer just in case. When the cops arrived, my sister took my side, which surprised her husband. With me being a woman and with the recording, the cops also took my side. The lawyer arrived after that and I told her husband that I was taking my sister with me. He tried to protest, but the lawyer warned him that I would press charges if he stopped my sister from leaving. He reluctantly let her go and she's been staying with me for the last week. My parents were furious when they found out that my sister left her husband. They did not seem to care that he hit me, probably because I stopped talking to them. I am still talking to my sister about what she wants to do and will probably start divorce proceedings in a few days. Her husband and my parents have been trying to call and get her to come back, but I've made sure that she doesn't talk to them without me present. Throughout the whole thing, my boss has been super helpful and has been giving my sister advice about what she could do next. I know that I'm super lucky that my sister managed to wake up so soon and that I've had support from people like my boss. Throughout the whole of last year, I was worried about how my sister was going to end up but I am elated now. And there we go, guys. To be honest, I can't really quite believe that this got as far as it did. Now, obviously the outcome is positive, but I just don't see how it got there in the first place. How was OP the only one to see these clear warning signs when they were going on? It shouldn't have taken this long for everyone else to realize just what was going on and how weird and creepy and just downright, I don't know, manipulative it all was. Thankfully, OP was the one that stepped in and and made his sister and everyone else eventually aware of the terrible things that that were happening here. But the fact that it took so long is incredibly worrying. I will say, your sister is very lucky to have a sibling like you. And also a big shout out to your boss for helping as well. Your parents being furious (laughs) is actually mind-blowing. Thank the Lord that you stepped in and did something. Now for our next true off my chest post. I could have ruined a relationship 10 years ago. So in high school, I was in my first relationship. He was my first everything. And I would say I was in love with him even for years after our relationship ended. We broke up when I was 18 and he was 20. Shortly after, he started dating a girl who is now his wife. One night, close to the end of my senior year, I was at a party and I needed a ride home. I couldn't drive for obvious reasons. And the only person I felt I could trust to get me home safe was him. So I called him and he came and he took me home. I guess I confessed how messed up I was about the breakup and him moving on so quickly. Like the years we were together meant nothing to him. Like the pieces of me I gave to him were worthless in his eyes. He didn't say much, just walked me to my door and made sure I got inside safe. He texted me to make sure I drank Gatorade and had a leave ready for me to take when I woke up. Two days later, he called. He said what I confessed was eating him up and he wanted to see me. He wanted to meet up at a place that was special to us and talk. The place I lost my virginity to him. I immediately said yes, so we made the plans. The day of though, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that to his SO. I cancelled and told him I couldn't break someone else the way I've been broken. He understood and we never spoke again. Now for years, I regretted it. I always wondered what if. One day, he sent me a message thanking me for saying all I said to him and for refusing to see him. He said I forced him to grow up and learn how to treat people who loved him and loved them right in return. Two days later, he was engaged. I locked myself in my room for two days and cried. 
When the two days were over, I felt a weight lifted off my shoulders. I felt free of him, of my want for what I imagined life with him would be. I am now married to a man who adores me and have a beautiful daughter and another on the way. I'm happy, I'm successful, and I'm loved beyond my wildest dreams. And I'd like to think I'd have none of this if I decided to hurt another woman. I made the right choice and I have no regrets. And there we go. See, some stories on here can be quite positive. Let's be fair. I thought this one wasn't going to end well, but thankfully it did. And it seems that for pretty much everyone involved in this story, OP, your ex, your ex's now wife and your now husband and family, OP, it's just the best outcome. So uh, yeah, overall good stuff. A positive true off my chest. My brother keeps stealing my lingerie and I don't know what to do. For some context, I am an 18-year-old woman and I have two younger brothers, Jake, who is 15, and Henry, who is 7. My mum is in Berlin right now on a trip, so I am babysitting the two for this week. It pretty much started this morning during the morning routine. I wake up at 5.30, have my breakfast and such, then I wake the boys up at 6 so they can have their breakfast before they go to school and before I head off to college myself. However... This morning was different. I went into Jake's room to find my lacy bra right next to his bed. Shocked, I obviously confront him, saying, Why the heck is my bra in your room? To which he meekly replied, Oh, uh, it was put in my washing. I know for a fact that it hadn't just been put in his washing. As one, I do the washing. And two, I did not put this item in the wash as it's somewhat fragile. After he left for school, I did some more investigating and I found several pairs of my bras, underwear, and even some socks. I have no idea what to do. I messaged my mum to ask what the heck this was about and to tell him off, but all she had to say was along the lines of, boys will be boys, and how he's at that age, if you get what I mean. And if I had a problem with it, I should just buy him a dirty magazine. What? I told her several times to consider how I feel in this scenario, that my younger brother is stealing my lingerie and such to do who knows what to. She basically, though, stuck up for him entirely and even blamed me for it. And I don't think I can convince her otherwise. I just don't know what to do or to feel. Am I making this a bigger deal than what it is? Am I overreacting? What the heck do I do? Okay, look, I do understand the phrase boys will be boys in in general, right? But there's a limit, isn't there? I get it. It's a tough age growing up. You know, you're learning about lots of different things. Let's just say that and understanding yourself. I get it. But uh, surely at this point you say, okay, we get this as well, you know, from your mum's point of view. I get this, son, but you can't just go around stealing your older daughter's bra like that isn't actually allowed yeah it's a tough time for you working things out no worries here for you and all that but there are limits to it and you you can't do that surely that's the thing to say not oh just buy him a dirty magazine instead and that will stop him and even blaming your eldest daughter for it that is just a little bit insane how about this take all your mum's underwear and all her bras and stuff give that to your brother and then see how your mum likes it that is the solution here i told my boyfriend it was his fault his son was in critical condition Yes, I'm a heartless female dog, apparently. My grandma died on April the 26th. She was my best friend. She's the first real loss I've experienced. I am shattered about it. On April the 29th, my boyfriend's son was in a major car wreck. He and his friend were drinking and his friend got behind the wheel and drove. Thankfully, they hurt nobody but themselves, but his son's best friend died and his son was in critical condition. 
as any parent can imagine my boyfriend was very stressed about it in the middle of me grieving i'm doing all i can to be there for my boyfriend i spent the first two days at the hospital being supportive of him i went home on the third day to take care of our house do laundry clean up take care of the dogs so my boyfriend didn't have to worry about it i came back to the hospital to deliver dinner to my boyfriend i wasn't going to stay because i still had to do laundry before going to work the following day I dropped off dinner and my boyfriend says, oh, you didn't have to bring dinner. I already ate. I was slightly annoyed because I just wasted gas and I wasn't planning on staying. Thoughtlessly, I said, well, I wouldn't have come if I'd known. I realized my mistake immediately and apologized, but my boyfriend yelled at me in front of his entire family to leave and called me a dumb female dog. I left without argument because I knew it was wrong of me to say that. So today I'm home finishing laundry, etc. And my boyfriend comes home to take a shower. We get into a huge argument because I couldn't stand how he was talking to me. My grandma just died. And instead of me grieving, I'm trying to put all that to the side and be selfless and split time at the hospital and take care of things at home so my boyfriend doesn't have to worry when he gets to leave the hospital. Apparently, it wasn't good enough for my boyfriend. He insulted me and called me a dumb, fat female dog. Told me I'm selfish. Told me, nobody cares about your grandma or your feelings. Nobody cares that she died. Obviously, you're alone because you don't have a support system. Where are all your friends? To add, I moved from Alabama to Colorado and have struggled with keeping friends. The majority of my support system is in Alabama. It's a point of pain for me. Aside from that, but I do struggle with my weight due to medical issues. I'm really not that big. I could lose 40 pounds and be back to my expected BMI. Anyway, so at this point, I saw red and shouted, you raised your son to think drinking and driving was okay, and now his best friend killed himself and put your son in a critical condition. Your dad of the year. Now, I knew that was screwed up, but I can't take it back. I'm just so fed up with the insults. I'm fed up with how he's acted since she died, before his son got in a wreck, and I'm sick of him acting like my grieving was no big deal. Neither of our pains are comparable or invalid. Aside from that, but he is acting like I'm the bad guy for not staying at the hospital 24-7 like him. I was trying to do normal adult things so he didn't have to, when I'd rather lay in bed for eternity. I'm the jerk here, but I don't care. I'm fed up with my pain and sadness being ignored. Yeah, I think you gotta leave, OP. Sorry, I mean, I could I could go wishy-washy on this and, and talk about the actual story in and of itself, but... For me, it's pretty clear you just got to get out of there. You two don't get along and that's because he's just not a nice person and is quite selfish. Don't get me wrong, a horrible spot that he's in, of course. However, he is completely undermining everything that you've gone through and maybe it's harsh, but there is merit to to what you're saying, right? It was your boyfriend's son and his son's friend's fault that they got into this situation, whereas I don't think it was your grandma's fault that she died. That, you know what? I'd probably rescind that comment, but I can understand why you've said that in the heat of the moment because it, it does actually make literal factual sense. Of course, it doesn't remove from the fact that, yes, you're both grieving in, in your own ways and, and you said it yourself, you know, one person's grievance doesn't undermine the others and they're not comparable, etc. But still, you're being nice here. He's being horrible. Moral of the story, I think you gotta go. I found out the hard way yesterday that my wife is a serial shoplifter. I came home yesterday to find the police at our house. My wife told me that she'd made a very poor decision. Her claim was that she went grocery shopping but forgot her wallet and for whatever reason decided it would be a good idea to just leave with the groceries and come back to pay. This went about as well as you may have expected. It was also a lie. They caught her by catching her plate number on camera. 
the officer issued her a summons for sixth degree larceny shoplifting and a court date a couple of weeks from now a few hours later the house of cards fell apart the police summoned her to the station and told her that the supermarket has biometric cameras and they matched her face to two previous incidents this year where she loaded up bags of groceries and just walked out the entrance they had a total for each incident right down to the penny she admitted to it but then lied again saying it was because money was tight it isn't we aren't rich but she has a joint credit card with thousands in available credit on it i was sitting next to her as she said it but i kept my mouth shut in the end they are submitting for a warrant on two additional charges same as the first internally i wanted to completely blow up on her what she has done is going to cost me thousands in lawyer fees for certain and for her possibly her career i'm so beyond angry right now I did not go off on her though. I did my best as the stoic supportive husband. Reaming her out would have accomplished nothing positive. I've already been researching lawyers for her this morning. I think I found a good one, one with a strong public service background with the town. I'm hoping that she can end up with just a fine, community service, or possibly even continued without a finding. I'm also going to be looking for therapists to try to help the underlying issue. The toughest part for the lawyer is going to be that she's already admitted to everything to the police. She can't tell me why she did it. There very well could be dozens of other incidents I don't know about. She did say she'd done it at least a couple of times long before we met. Words cannot begin to express my level of frustration right now. I've spent years trying to put us on a better footing, only to have her kick me in the financial nuts with this incident. I barely slept last night, and I doubt she did either. Okay, and there we go. You know what, guys? I know that OP is obviously trying to help out someone that he he loves a lot. It's his wife. I get that from my perspective i just don't know if i could be with someone like this like if if i find this out about someone and it's easy for me to say because you know i'm I'm not i don't have a wife i've not been in love with someone for x amount of years like like op has and probably has a you know, crazy life together or whatever i just don't know if i could do it anymore for me stealing is literally the lowest of the low it's such a like it's such a bad thing to do i don't even care who you're stealing from even if it's a massive company with x trillions i hate it like it's something that i will never do i never have done even like from a you know your corner shop stealing a suite i'll never do that i just don't understand it i think it is literally the lowest of the low so if if someone is doing this in my life the amount of respect that i instantly lose to them is mental now i do like op that, you, that you're saying you're trying to help and that you're gonna go through therapy and all that what i don't like is that you're saying that you want to try and find the best lawyer possible i understand it but ultimately, I really hope your wife gets punished for this. It's disgraceful. It really is. Um, look, I rate you posting it online because it's a pretty kind of horrible thing to talk about. And I, I know you're looking for advice and all that stuff. But from my perspective, I'd say, really, I would have to question being with this woman. Sorry if that's a little bit too harsh. It's just what I'm thinking. Never warn anyone if they're about to be fired. It creates a dangerous situation in the workplace, especially for women, and I will never do it again. About two years ago, I was inadvertently made aware that one of my co-workers was about to be fired that Friday. We will call him Carl. Apparently, Carl had made a habit of annoying the wrong people and making misogynistic comments in front of his female supervisor. Surprisingly, that's not what actually got him fired. What finally did Carl in was the fact that he stupidly chatted up some powerful guy's wife at a company social event the week prior. Rule number one for company social events, never, ever, ever be too chatty with random women. Stick to the people you know. You never know who she's married to and how powerful and insecure her husband may be. I only found out about Carl's pending firing because my job duties required me to spend a lot of time around upper management. My proximity to the halls and offices of upper management allowed me to overhear a conversation about his pending firing. And since none of the upper management personnel was aware that I knew Carl personally, 
They spoke freely about him right in front of me They laughed for several minutes about everything involving carl from his mediocre work ethic The chatting up somebody's wife incident his wardrobe and the inappropriate misogynistic comment He was accused of making in front of his female supervisor I basically sat there stone-faced and disinterested to hide the fact that I knew Carl personally. It must have worked because they kept going on and on about just how mediocre he was. When I was finally able to sneak away, I consulted one of my buddies for advice. I told him that Carl was getting fired on Friday and I asked if we should warn Carl. This was on a Monday afternoon and we both agreed that despite Carl's many flaws, it would be the decent thing to do to warn him so that he can start his job search a few days early huge mistake the next day tuesday arrives and we invite carl out to lunch after we're all done eating we break the news to carl we tell him that we caught wind that he's getting fired on friday and there's nothing he can do to reverse it we also advised him to start his job search immediately and to call out sick on friday so that they're forced to fire him over the phone versus humiliating him by having him escorted out by security on friday which is standard procedure we also made him promise to keep a low profile the rest of the week and not make it obvious that he was aware of his fate a promise that he only kept for the 20 minutes it took us to drive back to the office because within minutes of arriving back at the office he stormed into his female supervisor's office and accused her of hating men sabotaging his career and actively working to get him fired we weren't present for this part of the story but apparently after storming her office so aggressively she asked him to leave immediately when he refused she literally screamed for help That is when several people with an earshot came running to see what was taking place. When they forcefully removed him from her office, he took off running to HR. But in the midst of all of this chaos, his supervisor panicked and pulled the fire alarm, assuming that he was running off to get a weapon to come back and harm her with. I was completely oblivious to all of these events. So when I heard the fire alarm, I assumed it was a normal fire drill. Everyone on my floor casually exited the building via the stairwells. But when we made it outside, We were greeted by several police vehicles arriving and cops literally running full speed into the building That's when we were all told to go home for the day I was still completely oblivious that all of this was for carl I actually found out later on social media that carl triggered all of the chaos The next day I also found out that when the cops were searching the building for him They found him sitting outside of hr waiting for the fire drill to end so that he could file a complaint against his supervisor He'd assumed it was a normal fire drill as well He had no clue it was his supervisor that had pulled the alarm on him because she was afraid of him becoming an active shooter. He was fired on the spot. Didn't even make it to Friday. And this is why I would never tip anybody off ever again. Lesson officially learned. Yeah, I'll be honest. I I don't really get why you'd want to warn Carl about him being fired. He doesn't seem like a nice person. Why would you warn someone like this? That's, that's what I'm getting at. Unless you're mates. Uh, you, you said that he's actually quite a nice guy or something, didn't you? You said that he's actually not that bad. But he's misogynistic and clearly has anger issues, right? I, I just don't really know why it would be on in your interest to, to say this to him in the first place. Let alone thinking, telling anyone about them being fired. Because, I, yeah, you, you're risking a big reaction like this. And to be honest, how would you react if you were told by a co-worker, oh yeah, by the way, you're getting fired in three days? You'd probably be pretty irate and and want to go get answers and not really care anymore and go off the wall so in that to that respect i don't really blame carl for his reaction but yeah just a weird thing to do anyway tell someone they're going to be fired it's not really much of a warning anyway three days what are they going to do 
and go and get a new job in three days? I highly doubt it. So I know you're saying that you'd never tip anybody off ever again. I wouldn't have done that ever in the first place. What do you think? Would you tell someone if they were as unhinged as Carl? I don't think I would have done. My parents asked me to learn how to clean and bury corpses. It's been over a month now for the civil war that happened in my country, Sudan. Things have been going downhill ever since, and so is my patience and mental health. It's been 21 days of no electricity and water, and our food in the fridge, or what's left of it, is all spoiled and rotten. We're running out of cash, and I don't know how to run things anymore. The stalls all around us are closed and all of our cash got spent on buying water from the milk van. We can't afford milk because it's way too expensive and we need the cash for both my mother and dad's medicine. The RSF forces are robbing all the nearby houses and it's only a matter of time before they reach ours. I can't imagine my mother getting assaulted or my dad getting shot to death. And there are only 10 hospitals in the country and they only treat the military forces and announce the dead civilians. I figured we have to flee to the States, but I fear we might get killed on the way. And with no income and my dad being 80 and mum being 50 and weak, it's up to my 19 year old butt to hit the streets and find a job. But no one is hiring, not even a maid or a babysitter. And I never imagined that one day I'd go from being a medical student to a panhandler in the streets. Yesterday, it was 2 a.m. when a bomb hit the airport and it lit up the whole sky and shook the house and broke all our windows, doors, kitchen utensils, and ornaments. My mother sat down and talked to me about her will and that if she dies, she wants things to go according to her will and that I should learn how to do Guzul al Mayat. As I'm writing this, tears are stinging my eyes and her words keep circling my head. And I just want to bury myself and relieve myself from all of this. But my parents have no one but me to support them. And I would do anything for them. And I would sacrifice everything for them. Even if it costs my happiness and well-being. Now guys, for those of you that don't know, like me, I've just looked it up there. Guzal Mayat is performed on a deceased Muslim. It's usually carried out by family members who are the same sex as the person who has died. It involves washing all parts of the body with soap and water in a specific way while maintaining privacy and dignity. Pretty much, Opie's mum is saying, if the worst comes to the worst here, you might be the one that needs to know how to do this. Wow, what a just, frankly, disgusting thing to hear. Oh my goodness me. That is just, uh, yeah, wow. I mean, the first two stories were, were pretty tough. This is just horrific. Absolutely horrific. I'm, uh, what can I say other than that? I'm just so sorry, OP, that you're in this situation. I really hope that everything going on in, in Sudan improves as, as quickly as possible and there are no more deaths. Sadly, it seems unlikely, but goodness me, that is just a tough story. Where do I even begin with that one? Other than saying, just, yeah, I completely can't believe that you're in that situation. Sometimes when, I, when I'm, when i you know, a little bit upset about things in my life or I'm like, oh, it's not as good as it should be. I think about things like this. I'm like, okay, you've got it pretty good, my friend. And let's be honest, the majority of us doing this right now, you know, the fact that you're even able to listen to a podcast or watch this video, the fact that I'm able to record it in peace is an absolute blessing. That is a crazy story. I'm going to be honest, those first three stories have been pretty negative. And, and some of them, some of the, the, the stories that you see on True of My Chest are quite negative. You know, they're anonymous for a reason. So for that reason, the next two stories, the next two posts I'm going to narrate in this episode are going to be positive. All right, we're going to change it up. I'm going to find some happy ones and we're going to end this episode on a good note. Here we go. I've been reverse pickpocketing my parents for years and I think I'm addicted to it. When I was younger, I noticed how excited my mother would get over finding money on the ground or in the wash, even if it was only a dollar. Once I was a bit older and had a job, I realized that I had money I could spend however I wanted. 
My parents didn't really like receiving random gifts when it wasn't a holiday or birthday, so I started sneaking ones and fives into their wallets, bags, and even coat pockets. It made me so happy to see how excited my mum would get, even though it wasn't much money. And sometimes my dad would bring home candy with the surprise extra money. I'm an adult now, and I still live with my parents. They let me live with them super cheap, even though money has been a little tight the last few years. They don't like it when I just give them money to help, even if they pay me back. So I've started reverse pickpocketing 10s and 20s. My mum gets especially excited and tells me about all the money she found. My dad doesn't vocalize that he found it. He just brings home ice cream or fast food for the family. The problem is I can't stop. It's not putting me at a detriment because they don't charge much for rent, but I'm worried I'll get caught soon. I'll probably stop once our financial situation is a bit better in a year or so. I just absolutely love the smile it brings to my mother's face and the smile my dad has when he surprises us with a special treat. It's worth the 20 to $30 every paycheck. I don't do it too often, but it's been going on for so long, I think I'm addicted to it. And there we go. That is more like it. That is the sort of story that I absolutely love. Super nice of you. And you know what? I also completely rate your parents so highly. The fact that your dad doesn't even want to say that he, he found the money. He just, he's almost embarrassed by the fact that he's found it and just immediately goes to spend it on the family straight away, giving them a treat. It's so nice. Your parents are clearly lovely people. Even in financially hard times, they still don't want any help from someone like you, their child, who's actually doing pretty well for themselves it seems just very kind people all around a lovely family an amazing selfless thing to do op yeah that's more like it a great story and the good news is we've got time for one more and now for our final story of this episode my little brother sent me a meme that made me cry he's almost 13 and i'm in college Sometimes he comes over during the weekend and depending on whether I have free time or not We go catch a movie visit the city plan activities or hang out in my room and play video games There's been times when I had so much to study that we couldn't leave my room at all He plays games on my laptop I have a gaming one so he's able to play more recent games and I cook meals for us He sent me a meme It was a random shot from a movie in which a guy was walking away visibly sad The caption was POV 12 year old me leaving the bro's house after having the best weekend of gaming and watching movies with him It made me cry during class I know he treasures these moments with me and we're also going through some rough moments in our life I'm doing my best to be by his side because I understand how important it is to have a support system He's been more open to me about a lot of stuff And I feel like our relationship has grown deeper since I moved for college last autumn. I love him to death And there we go. What a way to end the episode. See see what I mean guys? I don't know. You let me know in the comments down below. Do you prefer the the tough chew off my chest stories? The stories which I'll be honest, I kind of feel like are suitable for this subreddit the ones that this subreddit was kind of made for you know speaking anonymously really asking for help or just saying something terrible that's going on in your lives or the lives of people around you i think that's kind of what the subreddit is for you know if you're getting something off your chest it's normally a negative thing however those past two stories make you feel good so let me know what do you prefer i accidentally caused a war between my family and my brother's wife's family with one innocent text message So my brother's wedding happened two days ago and it turned into complete chaos, which I know about even though I wasn't there. You might wonder why I didn't attend the wedding if it's my brother's. Well, it's because of his wife's family. He did send me an invitation to the wedding because he wanted me there, but his fiance told him I couldn't attend because I had a boyfriend. You might be confused. 
but i'm a man a bisexual man to be exact and i have a boyfriend who i wanted to bring to the wedding she said that even though she doesn't have a problem with that and he doesn't have a problem with that her extremely religious parents who already forced her to do the wedding in a church would most likely banish us from the wedding and cause trouble between our families after she told him that my brother told me i couldn't attend and told me why you might think i was angry but the truth is i was relieved I hate going to big events with lots of people because of my social anxiety and I was already used to not being able to attend certain events because of my sexuality So it was nothing I haven't heard before the day of the wedding. I stayed at home with my boyfriend It's worth mentioning. My parents apparently didn't know that I wasn't attending the wedding I was chilling at home cuddling with my boyfriend when I suddenly got a text message from my parents Asking me where I was as they couldn't find me at the wedding party I told them I wasn't attending the wedding and if my brother hasn't told them that They said no and asked me what happened now. I didn't see any reason to lie here So I sent them a text message telling them exactly why now I have to admit I don't know exactly what happened after that because they read it and didn't reply But why do they care in the first place? They didn't notice I wasn't there before until the wedding was pretty much already over They only noticed when the wedding party started. However, apparently my parents talked to my brother about it and all of a sudden my absence was the main topic of the wedding party. From what I heard, two fronts formed. On the one hand, my parents and the rest of my family against the family of my brother's wife and apparently he as a husband now felt compelled to take her side and tried to argue in her favor. It's crazy to think that I was just sitting at home living my best life with my boyfriend while all of that went down at this wedding. The wedding party was ruined and my brother appeared at my door angrily screaming at me as to why I felt the need to ruin his wedding. I was confused and asked him what happened and he told me everything. I told him it wasn't my intention. I just told our parents what happened because they didn't know and wanted to know where I was. And I thought that he told them beforehand. He screamed at me that I ruined his wedding. I told him it's not my fault that he wasn't honest with them. I just respected their wish to not attend the wedding. I couldn't have known it would go down like this because, like I said, I couldn't attend several events before because of my sexuality and my parents never said anything about it. So I thought it would be the same thing here. But I got to admit, it's kind of sweet that my parents and the rest of my family stood up for me. They haven't done before. That's a more than welcome change. However, I still kind of feel bad because apparently I really ruined the wedding party. Right, well, first of all, OP, you did absolutely nothing wrong. I get why you feel bad, but come on, you can't have too much guilt for literally telling the truth. You were asked the question by your parents, why aren't you here? You told them the exact answer. What you know, you can't be blamed for that. It's just what happened. The people that really ruined the wedding party are, well, actually, your brother as well, to be fair. Your brother, his new wife, but most importantly, his new wife's family. I mean, come on. It's just homophobic. Simple as that. Homophobia ruins weddings. I've said it for a long time now. And it also rips up families. I mean, that actually is the truth. So, uh, yeah, if anyone's to blame, it's definitely not you. I've got to say as well, I mean, I know I kind of glossed over it there as well, but I've got to say, your brother is behaved terribly in this first of all how about don't marry someone whose whole family is homophobic second of all don't use that as an excuse to not invite your brother to your own wedding like honestly i don't even know who's worse here the wife your brother or your wife's family all pretty awful i'll just say that right then now moving on to something a little bit more heavy My husband died thinking our kids didn't love him. My husband and I, both in our mid-40s, met in college. He was the sweetest, kindest, most helpful and supportive and overall best person from the time I met him until his death. 
We have three kids. Two girls, 22 and 18, and a 16-year-old boy. He was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer a year and a half ago and succumbed to it three weeks ago. Everyone was devastated. Our kids have been struggling a lot and I'm barely hanging on myself. He was the glue that held everyone together and my rock for over 20 years. Our oldest daughter is especially having a hard time. She's expressed guilt and regrets over not spending as much one-on-one time with him and it's been hitting her hard. A few days after the funeral, I went to visit his younger brother, who was 38, to check on him. He was very close to my husband and also lost his wife a few years back and was pretty much alone outside of his parents while also looking after his 12-year-old twins. Besides me, he probably visited my husband the most in hospital. This is where things get devastating. My brother-in-law confessed that one day while visiting, more towards the end of his life, my husband expressed that he felt like his kids didn't love him and will have an easy time getting over his death. He said he actually was happy that it was him dying and not me, because if it were me, then it would be four people mourning, whereas he felt that with himself dying, they'd be sad for a bit, but would get over it and would just be there to help me grieve. This absolutely killed me. I wish you could see how much his children miss him. I can't even imagine being in his position and feeling like your kids don't care. I cried heavily when my brother-in-law told me that. When our first daughter was born, he was so happy to be a father and wanted to be the best dad he could. As the years went by and we had all of our kids, they seemed to gravitate to me and he noticed. It's not like he didn't try, he was very involved. He went to as many extracurriculars as he could, would try and hang out with them and constantly told them he was an ear if they needed to talk, but it seems like they only wanted to hang out with me. If I asked to go to a one-on-one lunch, they'd go. But if he did, there was always an excuse. They'd tell me something important going on in their lives and when I told their father, thinking he knew, he was oblivious. I was always posted to their social media accounts for Mother's Day and my birthday while he wasn't. He always felt left out and would make small joking comments that hinted on how he felt without expressing it fully. I just brushed it off as him joking. I'm even more distraught now. I feel so much sorry for him feeling that way. I'm also starting to wonder if I demanded their attention and took any away from him. It's weighing on me heavily and I have no idea how to even move forward. Especially since my oldest daughter actually expressed regretting not spending more one-on-one time with him It's been hitting her hard and she's been staying with me since this passing She's been a wreck just like me and has said I hope he knew how much I loved him and it kills me to know that he didn't know I hate everything Wow, and this one really hits hard. I mean, I said it's gonna be heavy. Goodness me. That is truly tragic All you can really hope I guess is that in your your husband's kind of final state where his mind and body are not going to be at their best clearly i mean dealing with a an illness that eventually killed him maybe he wasn't thinking clearly and and perhaps he didn't actually think the things that he was saying and it was kind of just an, an end of life thing i don't know i'm trying to give you something to hold on to ultimately I, I can't really blame anyone here it is kind of a fact that you know a lot of children do favor one parent over the other like you know in the same way that you favor one person over the other just in general just because they are parents it doesn't mean you have to love both of them exactly equally or get on with both of them exactly equally not not love i'm sure that your children loved both parents you and your and your husband equally but you know you probably get on with one parent a little bit better and it just happens that way yeah oh, i don't know what to say you're gonna feel terrible about that kind of wish you'd never heard it i guess but i feel like you know you know at least 
that despite the fact that he felt that way, it isn't the truth. And I think you have to take solace in, in that fact. I mean, don't take away from the fact that it's incredibly sad and there's nothing I can really say to, to sugarcoat that. It's heartbreaking. Nonetheless, let's move on. Now for our third true off my chest story. I accidentally fell into a family with my best friend and it's the best thing to ever happen to me. I do want to leave this anonymous because I know my now girlfriend, Lily, is on Reddit and I don't know if she'll see this. I had a very rough childhood growing up. I didn't have a dad and my mum was never really there because she had a rough battle with health issues and got hooked on narcotics. I had friends growing up, but I had my best friend since I was 12. Her name is Lily. We've been extremely close due to our childhood issues and we'd always been there for each other. We had talks of being together, but got cold feet because we were scared if it didn't work, we couldn't recover from that. When I was 18, I didn't really want to go to college. School had never been for me. So I went into a trade. I work long hours, but it's been worth it. And I make solid money right now for my position. I'll come back to this in a bit. When we were 19, Lily got pregnant with her boyfriend. The dude somehow managed to avoid child support payments and broke up with her and hasn't seen the kid once in his life. Complete deadbeat makes me disgusted. Lily was scared, but I told her I would be here when she needed. She didn't have parents that would help, but I told her I'd help where I can when the kid gets here. Lo and behold, she gave birth to a beautiful little girl named Kelsey. I was there when she was born and it was a weird moment. I don't know how to explain it, but I did feel happy for her. Now we're 21 and ever since then, this little girl has had me wrapped around her finger. I've done my round of the diapers, bottles, middle of the night screaming, etc. Every day I get home from work, we sit there and we watch her little shows and we spend a lot of time together as the three of us as well. When we walk, she grabs my pointer finger with her whole hand because it's so little. She stands up and kisses me on the cheek after I change her and she loved her snuggles where she just lays on top of me with her head laid up against my chest. As of recently, she's begun speaking. She's been calling me daddy. I've been feeling really weird about it lately, feeling like it's not right and that someday she needs to know the truth. I talked to Lily about it one night and got her opinion on it. She sat there with a slight grin and then she came up behind me and hugged me. She said, you're the best dad she could ever ask for and then proceeded to tell me, we'll worry about talking to her when she understands. As far as she is concerned, you are her daddy and you are to me as well. I turned around and hugged her. We had a long talk about what's been going on lately with us as we've been engaging in not so just friends activities. And she just said, I like this. I like our family. I just kind of froze for a second, asked her, is this what we want to do? And she followed up by saying, I think we've been doing this for a while now. And then laughed. We had a great moment and agreed to be a family. I told her I needed to run to the drugstore for some diapers for Kelsey. On the way there, I burst into tears. I cried for maybe a good 30 minutes. I don't even know how to describe what I was thinking and feeling, but I was happy. I just know that there isn't a thing in this world I wouldn't do for those two. It feels like I can relax and reflect on everything that's happened to this point. But also, I don't. I basically have a family I'm looking out for. Like, no matter what happens, I have people who will depend on me, and something like that makes me want to be the best man I can. In about another year, I will have my official license for my trade, giving me a substantial pay rise and a new job that I've already lined up. I've already started looking at houses and rings. We've also talked about having our own once I get my license. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I wanted to share it with someone. However, I don't really have those people in my life. And there we go. That is the beauty of this subreddit. You go from the lowest of lows in the previous story to the most wholesome of wholesomes 
in this one. Just a great read. Like, that is just a brilliant story. I've loved every second of that. What's great is that, you know, you're clearly both very sensible people, you and Lily. And the fact of the matter is, you had this discussion a long time ago and thought, maybe not, not at this time. But eventually you just fell into it. And it's worked out magically. And yeah, I mean, realistically, reading through this, I don't know you guys, obviously, but reading through this, it does seem like that is, that is, you know, it was meant to be. You're made for each other. And uh, if it's working so well right now, yeah, why not make it official? Keep it going. Enjoy your lives and, and have your own kid. Class story. However, we do have time for just one more, which might not be so wholesome. Just a word of warning. And now for our final true off my chest of this episode. My husband is cheating on me with my best friend. I'm honestly not sure where to start, so I guess I'll just start. My husband and I have been dating since I was 19 and he was 22. We've been married for six years now. We have two kids and I'm six months pregnant with our third. Two years ago, I found out my dad has stage three colon cancer. My dad is my only parent as my mum passed away when I was 12. He's my favorite human and life without him doesn't seem as colorful. His laugh is contagious and he gives these big bear hugs that seem to make all of your broken pieces feel like they're perfectly in place again. Whenever I've had a hard day, he doesn't poke and prod and just lets me vent and listens. About five months ago, we discovered the treatments aren't working for him. And in direct quote of the doctor, he said, months, not years. Since then, he's gotten progressively worse and now is losing memory. He looked at the dog he got me on my 21st birthday and said, wow, that's a nice dog. Where'd you get it? My husband has been my absolute rock. He's been there for me, holding my hand and helping me through this. He's been so loving and attentive to both my kids and I. Don't get me wrong, I'm a mother first, always. I don't allow myself to wallow. My kids are still loved, cared for, played with, and I haven't let my load slack around the house. Once my dad got his updated prognosis, my husband encouraged me to quit my job. About a month later, we discovered we were pregnant again, and I still hadn't let go of my job. I kept holding out for some reason. After finding out I was pregnant again, he ensured me it was still okay to quit my job. That honestly, it would save us a small fortune on daycare costs anyways. So I did. I quit my job. My best friend and I have been friends since diapers. Her family is like my family and vice versa. My mum and her mum grew up together. We've always been solid and right after my dad's appointment when we found out he had so little time left, I drove straight to her house and she held me while I cried for hours. If there are soulmates in friend form, she was mine. Thick as thieves is what my mum used to say. This morning, as I was up with my three-year-old, he's sick, my husband's work alarm was going off. He has a few he sets, so I turned that one off and gently woke him up. He said he was up late working, so he took the morning off. Rolled over and went back to sleep. As I went to turn off the remainder of his alarms, I saw a text from my friend on his lock screen that said, I'm assuming since there hasn't been an angry pregnant lady on my doorstep, you haven't told her about us yet. Time froze in that moment. I took his phone and walked away and just read their conversations. Four months, this man has been screwing my best friend. Four months, these people have been lying to my face. And I know what you're gonna say. You should have seen the warning signs. But I've been clutching this phone in my hand for two hours and nothing. He's been so loving and attentive to me, but he always has been. So kind and gentle. There have been no late night work nights except for once in a blue moon. No lingering touches between them or even glances. They act as they have since the day I first introduced them. How sick is it that she calls him her brother, but she screws him? I know so many people get a moment of clarity in situations like this, but I have none. Aside from being sad about my dad, I haven't changed. 
I'm still a loving wife and mother. I still doted on him and my children. I talk to him about how he's doing and how was his day every freaking day. I haven't allowed the ground to swallow me whole. I know what I have to do now, but I just don't want to. I'm about to lose my family and my support system in one blow. I'll confront him tomorrow. Today, today I just need this last 24 hours of peace. As for her, I won't give her the satisfaction of a response. I don't care why she did it. She did it and it's done. I was always the friend who cleaned up her messes. After today, I will cut her out of my life like she never mattered at all. This has to be the hardest storm I'll ever weather. But dang it, I know I'll sail through it. If not for me, for my children. My brother-in-law called me the one who got away in his speech. And my husband is very hurt and it's all my fault. I don't know what to do. I think I've done serious damage to my marriage before it even began. I met my husband through his brother, Chris, who I had a crush on in college. I never was clingy or never acted on my feelings, and I never really allowed myself to get too close to him because I knew that my feelings weren't reciprocated. Chris knew, however, that I had a crush on him, or at least he felt it. He would always say that I was GF material and how he wouldn't want to leave me on. He wanted to have fun before that. He would say this to others, but he even once said it to me. On two occasions, he texted me saying he had feelings for me, only to apologize later and retract his words. But on Christmas four years ago, he texted me that he was in love with me and wanted to take me out on a date. He said he was done playing around and wanted a relationship. He was invited to a New Year's Eve party that my then roommate and I had. He told me he wanted to talk to me then. When he came to the party, he had his brother with him. Chris spent the party going out of his way to ignore me. And later I saw him making out with my roommate and they spent the night in her room. I decided there and then that I'll drop it. Enough is enough. Next morning, he told me that he screwed up saying, I screwed up big time, yeah? And he apologized. During the party, I got to know his brother who was the opposite of Chris. He was shy and hated attention and he was just the best. And soon after, he asked me on a date. We're married now and our wedding was last Wednesday. I want to make two things clear. I never went beyond a crush with Chris and only after I fell for my husband did I understand what love really is. He is everything to me and I love him more than anything. I never told anyone about my crush and when I met my husband, I didn't tell him either. Chris wasn't happy that I was seeing his brother and he's been cold towards me ever since, even when it got serious between my husband and I. Chris held a speech on our rehearsal dinner and basically outed everything and ended with how he regretted not asking me out sooner and how he will always regret it. It was very awkward afterwards and nobody talked. And on our wedding day, my husband did everything to act normally and he made sure everything was as planned. But I could feel that he was hurt and angry. After the party, he asked me if I loved Chris and if I dated him for that reason. I started crying because it's absolutely not true. We started dating and then we became friends and I made sure it was him I wanted before committing and I never loved anyone like I love my husband. I told him all this and more and I apologized so much for not telling him everything. In the beginning, I thought it was my own private matter and I didn't feel the need to discuss it with a then stranger to me. When our relationship evolved, I just never thought Chris was relevant and my crush seemed a silly thing. Now it's back to bite me in the butt. My husband is very sad and barely talks to me. We're leaving for our honeymoon in two weeks and he's barely speaking about it. 
the thing we both waited for with so much anticipation and longing i don't know what to do i can't turn back time so i don't know what to do wow what a story to get things started i will say that none of this is your fault at all none of this is your husband's fault at all i completely understand why he feels the way he does it's all on chris i don't know what's wrong with him clearly he's just a bit of a player but saying that now potentially ruining his brother's marriage is crazy like fine have some regret if you want ultimately the regret is only down to you and your actions you are the one that messed it up in the past or i guess just didn't even want to do it that much i don't really know but to do that now years later and potentially mess up an actual proper relationship something that you've clearly struggled to find is pretty disgusting i'm not gonna lie now hopefully your husband gets over this pretty soon i really think he will but nonetheless this sorry excuse for a brother-in-law that you now have maybe just distance him maybe that's what you gotta do and just all you can do really is prove to your, your husband how much you love him and don't rate his brother. I was kidnapped by my childhood best friend and her mum without realizing it. My mum suggested I could share my story to raise awareness. But the truth is that if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have even seen this as a kidnapping. If you expect a dramatic story filled with abuse and torture, I'm going to have to disappoint you. I think it's not a bad idea to share my story. And since I love Reddit, I've decided to share it here. I figured that this sub might be the best one to do so. So let's get to the story. This happened when I was in elementary school. Like for most children at that age, boys and girls were somehow rivals. Me and my best friend, let's call her Lisa, however, single-handedly destroyed that stereotype. She was pretty much the exact female copy of me. Our interests aligned so well that we quickly became best friends. The day it happened, I asked my mum to stay at Lisa's house for the night. She said yes, and I packed the stuff I needed. I was only prepared to stay there for one night, but one night turned into a week. When I arrived there, we had a great time playing video games, doing role play with our toys, and playing hide and seek at night. It was a lot of fun. The next morning, I prepared for my mum to come and get me, but this is when Lisa's mum told me that my mum had called her and told her that I had to stay at their house for a bit longer. Being the naive young child I was, I didn't question it. Yeah, I was confused, but this only made me realize that I could spend more time with Lisa. So for me, it wasn't a problem. This was at a time where I didn't possess a smartphone, so it's not like my mum could have just called me. I stayed there for an entire week before I started to question why my mum hasn't come and got me yet. I wasn't allowed to leave the house either. I was only allowed in the house and the garden outside. When me and Lisa played outside, a neighbor saw me and called the cops. It turned out that my mum had filed a missing report at the police station because I'd been missing for a few days. Well, my mum actually tried to get me after the first night. But when she tried to, Lisa's mum told her that I'd already left and that apparently I told her I wanted to walk home when she offered me to give me a ride. Lisa's mum was such a sweet person that no one would have ever suspected her of doing something like this. So even my mum figured that someone had to have kidnapped me on the way home. So she filed the report. The police reunited me with my mum and I was confused as heck. I had a great time there. Yes, I was a bit worried why my mum never got me, but I couldn't understand back then why Lisa's mum was arrested. This happened during summer break and I didn't see Lisa again during the vacation. And she also didn't appear at school on the first day. I've got no idea what happened to her. Right now, I assume that this incident ruined their reputation so much that they moved away and I never saw Lisa again. Like I said, not a typical kidnapping story. It was all so sneaky that not even I, as the alleged victim, could tell that it was one. But my mum insists that it was a kidnapping. So, yeah, that's it. I still don't know if labelling myself as a victim here would be right, 
because I just don't feel like one, but that's just me. Okay, I just need to make this abundantly clear. You were kidnapped. Kidnapping does not depend on a location. Uh, and you also were the victim. Now, if you have fun whilst being kidnapped, that's one thing. At least you weren't getting tortured and you had a pretty good time with your mate. However, think of your mum in this situation. She thinks you've been actually, well, I mean, you were kidnapped, but she thinks you've been probably taken by some random guy. And this mum has let you walk home alone. I mean, terrible. And then imagine when she finds out what actually was going on, that you were just locked in that house for a week. Neighbours calling the police on Lisa's mum. It's actually insane. Um, yeah, I feel like I understand why you don't really think it was that bad and you don't didn't even call it kidnapping for a while. But the fact of the matter is, this woman took you away from your entire family and kept you locked up inside a house. That is kidnapping. But uh, yeah, I, I guess you had fun whilst it was going on. Okay then, now moving on to the story that you've all been waiting for. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I've had a little look at this. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, it's well worth waiting for. And as you can see by the title and thumbnail, if that's anything to go by, you're gonna enjoy this. Here we go. My boyfriend won't stop saying, I'm about to come during sex. And I don't have the heart to tell him I hate it. Now, I will say this story is NSFW. Uh, if you're under the age of whatever age you think is reasonable, might be best to skip this one, but I will try and censor it a bit nonetheless. Here we go. Throwaway account since my boyfriend knows my Reddit account. One evening, me, a 22-year-old woman, and my boyfriend, who is 21, were watching memes on YouTube from his phone, something we frequently do together. He really likes memes and quotes them often throughout the day no matter whether he's happy or being goofy, and even when he's raging at a game or genuinely heartbroken. One day, about a year ago, he came home to tell me he got fired and said, my life be like, ooh, ah. <laughs> wow. It's probably a coping mechanism for him, but personally, I do not understand it. <laughs> What's so he just broke into song? Strange. Anyways, we saw one meme, a guy clearly doing things to himself, saying, I'm about to see but it was spelled out as I'm about to cam. And we thought it was the funniest thing ever, so we looked for more. There were more videos of him being edited in scenarios like him mourning the loss of his brother named Bata Khan, and we spent no less than 20 minutes laughing non-stop at these videos. Afterwards, when we went to make dinner, my boyfriend said, jokingly, that's what I'm gonna say in bed now. Fast forward a day later, both of us are up for it and we head to the bedroom to get it on. It was great, but then towards the end, my boyfriend said loudly, I'm about to come, and then proceeded to. I laughed along with him, but I was a little uncomfortable because it sort of killed the vibe. What am I reading? About a week later, we're at it again, and he says the same exact thing as last time, but this time he laughs. Just kidding, I'll stop afterwards. Well, it turns out he wasn't really telling the truth, because the next time, he said, about to bus, and then whiningly said his name in desperation, and he then chuckled. What? We didn't have sex for about a month until last night. We were doing fine as usual, and he even managed to finish without saying any memes. Or so I thought. Because right afterwards, he said something along the lines of, thank you for letting me bust. It's what I needed. I can't even remember much of what happened during or after that because I was in pure shock that he just killed the vibe like that again. All I remember is that we cleaned up and he went to play COD or something that involved him shouting stupid jokes and memes to his friends. I do not have the heart to tell him that he isn't funny when he does this, because the last time I confronted him when he kept saying, yo, that's sus, every time I mentioned something vaguely sexual, he almost cried. 
<laughs> he stops saying that one phrase, but still has about a thousand other memes in his vocabulary. I guess this is just my life now. And as much as I want it to stop, I love my boyfriend so much, I will have to live with it. <laughs> wow. Well, there we go. No doubt one of the weirdest stories I've ever read. I'd be like, how do I would like, you know, normally I come on and I react to a story after I read it. How do I react to that? Seriously, like just get your comments in down below. What, what did you think of that? I just couldn't, I was just, honestly, halfway through that, I just started laughing. Very, very hard to stop myself from laughing reading that and having to say, about to bus. Wait, is that really my life now? Jesus. Uh, well, what can I say? Great story. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Made me laugh. I hope it made you laugh as well. Uh, as for what to do, OP, I don't really care. Like, it's just funny, isn't it? I mean, maybe tell him to stop or just think this guy is weird, but I love him. Anyhow, let's move on. My dad raised me like a son, and now I see how it helps me. My father, a single parent, raised me, a 19-year-old girl, like how men would stereotypically raise boys. I have two brothers too, so it's not like he doesn't have anyone to vicariously live through. He's a mechanic and made me work around the house with woodwork, electricity, repairing cars and motorcycles, all the male coded hobbies which I hated at the time. He never dated because he said that nobody would replace my mum and he didn't have any sisters who could help me. I hated it. I hated being the only girl in a family of three men. I hated not having anyone to play dress up with or talk about hairstyles and makeup or have girl talk or cry about boys and all. I didn't know what periods were until I had them and freaked the heck out. The bare minimum of such stuff was explained to me by his sister-in-law over the phone who lives in a different state. In short, I hated not having an older female presence in the house who would tell me how things work and just be with me. Now, my dad never discouraged me from doing girly stuff, but he never really understood it. So I kept it to myself and did all his stuff with him just to be able to spend time with him. He wasn't also very much in touch with his emotions. Thank you, patriarchal society, but got emotional only when talking about my mum, which was so rare that I never talked about what I felt just to not burden him. That sort of distanced him from me. But after a freak accident resulted in his death, we found out he left the house to my brothers and I, and I'm living there because it's close to my college and both my brothers moved out before I did. Living on my own for the first time, I realized two things. One, my dad tried his best to do things for me that he had absolutely no idea how to. Two, he taught me how to be fully independent. I don't even have to watch a YouTube tutorial to know how to repair the microwave or change the tires or the oil of my car or make the car work enough when I'm stranded and have no help. I now keep a mini set of tools on me out of habit and I can't explain how much that has helped me in situations I never even anticipated. I've never had to call an electrician or a contractor to do something for the house unless it's absolutely huge. I would technically never have to depend on anyone, men or women, to do these things for me. Dad, I'm sorry for you having to deal with all my teenage angst without mum. You've taught me more than what most people don't learn, despite having both parents in the picture. Your life has set a standard for me regarding my lifestyle, my studies, my love life, everything. The way you brought up my bros and me has helped all three of us so much in our life. I'm sorry I never got to say this to you, but I hope you know how I turned out to be. You've made me into a woman who wouldn't have to depend on others for things just because her father never taught her that. You raised me to believe in love despite mum never being around. I hope you're with her wherever you are. I miss you and I love you. Well, there we go. That is a beautiful story. In comparison to the story I just read out before, 
Wow, what a difference a post makes. Again, that's the beauty of this subreddit. You can get some absolutely ridiculous stories like the previous one, and then some really wholesome ones like this. OP, I reckon you're okay. I reckon your dad knows how much you rate him. And um, yeah, the proof's in the pudding. You are set up for life. Of course, it would have been better to have your mum there, but you know, you can't have everything the way you want. And sadly, she wasn't there for you, but your dad did one heck of a job. Fair play to him. And it's amazing that you now realize what an amazing job he did. Now for our final true off my chest post. My boyfriend has less than 24 hours left to live and I finally feel at peace. I've been with my boyfriend for nearly three years. He is the perfect guy to me. He's my heart and soul, my best friend and my safe place. He is also in liver failure. I've been with him every step of the way. When he told me, I was shocked. I went through so much hell and turned every rock to get him a transplant. I tried so hard to find any study or any research that could be done to fix this. I called so many doctors, I've lost counts cried until i physically had nothing left and screamed in pain in many parking lots as the time went on he got worse all of his skin and eyes turned yellow i never minded yellow before but now all i see is his suffering in it i was there through his drain procedure and the many 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 hospital visits i watched him become weaker and his legs too swollen with excess fluid that he couldn't even walk i was there when they told us that both of his kidneys have failed and his liver has too I was there when they told us that dialysis was no longer an option. He got moved to hospice care. Slowly, I've watched his organs shut down. I was there as he agonizingly shook from the fear of death that awaits him. Now, I've watched him forget who I am entirely. He's on constant morphine, has not eaten or drank in nearly three days, incontinent and cannot speak or swallow. I want peace for him. When I woke up today and kissed his forehead, I felt lighter. I felt like I was finally at peace and I'm ready to say goodbye. I never want him to suffer and I know soon he'll be relieved from this hellish life he was cursed with. The world would never be the same without him and I may never be back to how happy I was with him, but that's okay. I love you, my love, so much. And there we go. What a way to end this episode with a couple of wholesome bangers. This one, just like the previous one, an elite story. It's just one of the most sad things that you could possibly hope to go through. I mean, I don't know why I said hope. don't know probably never hope to go through uh yeah insert another word there you get what i mean the tragic tale but um at least it's now it's now done and the suffering's now done not gonna lie i've never been in this spot before where someone you love so much a family member you know your partner whatever is in such unbelievable pain every day just getting devastatingly worse by the hour and you just want it to end i i, I kind of get that you just be like this was a long time coming i'm now happy i'm finally at, at peace with with the fact that yeah they are gonna die and it's good for them that they're going to pass because they're in such pain that it's just unbearable seeing them like that. So I get it. If you've been like that, if any of you guys have been in that situation, let me know down below how you felt about it. It's a pretty horrible one, but if you want to, go for it. Um, I, I mean, I don't feel any jealousy towards OP, but I'm just glad that this is done and they can you know, begin to move on with their lives, I guess. And ultimately, that their boyfriend is in a good place now my girlfriend left me on the day i was proposing without any explanation elise and i had been together for three years and living together for one and a half years our relationship was very strong and we were madly in love all of our friends always used to say that we were a perfect couple our communication was strong and we had everything planned in our lives i told her that i won't be marrying her before i get a job that pays well enough to build our family and she agreed Well, I got a very good job two months ago and we started planning our lives together. Our plan was to get married in the next year or two, buy a house 
and then have kids when we have more financial stability She also started dropping hints that I should propose I was already planning to so I started researching for rings proposal venues, etc This is when I contacted leia one of elisa's best friends and asked her to meet me and keep it a secret I told her my plans and she confirmed that elise would love this and also gave me some suggestions which I loved leia also included david another one of elise's very good friends As the three of them were best friends since childhood and knew each other very well They also helped me pick the ring The plan was to rent a cabin surrounded by nature and wilderness as elise likes that a lot I rented the cabin and on friday I took the day off without telling my girlfriend and met up with leia and david and one of my friends to set up everything I gave instructions to my friend about how I wanted everything to be set up as he was supposed to go there the next day before us and set up everything flowers cameras etc i went back home after that and ordered elisa's favorite takeout we talked about her day and then went to bed now a week ago leia had invited elise for brunch on saturday the proposal day at a new fancy place the proposal location she emphasized that the place was fancy so that elise wouldn't get suspicious of leia asking her to wear a nice dress on saturday morning Leia and David came to our apartment to pick up Elise as soon as they left I called a friend of mine who was waiting just around the corner and I left soon after Then I called my other friend who was supposed to be at the cabin and I asked him how everything was going He assured me that everything was set up exactly how I wanted it I'd also asked David to share their location and to drive slowly or take a longer route so that I can get there 10 to 15 minutes before them I realized that David hadn't shared the location, but it was fine We got there and I just ran in to change into a suit Then I went to the exact position and checked the camera angles Everything was perfect Then I waited for my girlfriend and her friends to arrive The drive is 30 to 40 minutes from our apartment and they should have been there I thought they went slightly overboard with stalling I waited there for another 20 minutes It had already been more than an hour since they left the apartment and I was getting worried So I asked one of my friends to call david and sneakily ask how long it would take them They called him two to three times, but no answer Then they called leia two to three times. No answer. I assumed the worst I called david and leia as well still no answer Finally, I decided to call elise first call. She didn't answer My heart was racing at this point as soon as I called her again leia answered instead I was panicking and asked her if everything was all right and why is nobody answering the phone she went silent for two seconds and then started yelling at me she told me to never call elise ever again and that i was dead to her that i was a horrible human being for doing that to her that she doesn't want to see my face or talk to me ever again i was confused but before i could say anything she hung up i was so confused and started crying and my friends had to console me Soon after that, I got a text from Leia that she'll be coming over later with David to get Elise's stuff and that Elise doesn't even want to step into the apartment, even if I'm not there. I immediately called her parents to ask what was going on. They knew about the proposal and we were supposed to go to their home for lunch afterwards. They had no clue what was going on and told me that they'll call her and ask. I got a call from them 10 minutes later saying that they called Elise and she told them that she can't talk right now and she'll call them later they were also confused about all of this i was devastated and i didn't know what to do my friends took me back to my apartment and we hung out david and leia came over in the evening to take elise's stuff 
My friends and I tried to talk to them, but they didn't say anything. They just asked me where Elise's stuff was and just took some of it and said they'll be back for the rest. They also reiterated that if I tried contacting Elise again, I'll be reported for harassment. At that moment, I just wanted to cry because just the thought of me harassing my girlfriend was overwhelming. After they left, my friends told me that they think I shouldn't be alone right now and they were staying the night and won't take no for an answer. We stayed up and talked till 4am last night and then everyone went to bed. I wasn't able to sleep and I've been just thinking about every potential reason for Elise's behavior, but I don't have any answers. The only scenario I can think of is that Elise was cheating on me and somehow realized that I was going to propose and she freaked out and told her friends that she can't do this because I cheated on her. This still doesn't make sense, but it is the closest thing to an explanation that I have right now. I know it's a horrible thing to think about. Today was supposed to be the first day of our engaged life together. Hopefully, I'll be able to get some answers from her parents if they talk to her. Wow, what a story. I mean, first of all, guys, I'll pass this over to you. Get in the comments. What do you think is going on here? Personally, I think there could be so many things that are occurring here. But the thing that sticks out to me is that, yeah, it's very, very suspicious. It's very, very dodgy. From everything that I'm I'm seeing that OP is saying here, I think he is completely innocent and genuinely has no idea what's going on, which leads me to believe that, yeah, I think that Elise is hiding something. Now, there is a chance that Leia and David have kind of colluded and working together and they secretly hate you and they don't want Elise to marry you. But I don't think that's very likely, to be honest. I feel like you've probably known them for a long time and they wouldn't just switch up like this. And they also wouldn't have been super keen for helping with the planning beforehand. So I reckon that, yeah, Elise is hiding something. OP, I think sadly you may well be right and she's then told Leia and david a fake story to get them on side it's terrible but i think that's the only thing that could possibly be happening here i just don't feel like david and Leia would do this sort of thing at this moment in time it seems too sudden again maybe i'm wrong and i hope that i'm wrong and that they're the ones that are telling elise to to call it off with you rather than at least telling them a fake story because she's hiding something but yeah i just i just don't see it i've got to be honest from your perspective though op what do you do now i mean the thing is with this story it's it's so recent um it's just been posted like a day after this all took place as, as you can tell i would say first of all do not let leia and david take any more of elisa's stuff say to them you know it's not yours if she wants it she can come and get it herself or her parents can come and get it because they have no right to take it first of all do that second of all you just need to you need to find a way to to contact her and, and get in contact and meet with her face to face and then you'll be able to work out what's going on but there we go i mean what starts this episode guys comment down below what do you think is going on here now for our next true off my chest post if you're into marriages and relationships guys this whole episode is definitely for you I'm getting married in two weeks and I am totally screwed. I literally need to get this off my chest. I feel like I'm going insane. My fiance, Sarah, and me have known each other for about six years. We've been engaged for one. Our wedding is scheduled to take place in just two weeks and I just witnessed something that is making me feel like I'm making the biggest mistake of my life. Tonight, Sarah and I were taking a rare opportunity to relax at home. Sarah was in the kitchen making dinner while I was out back working on one of my projects. We live on acreage and I'm building a pagoda slash fire pit in the backyard that we were planning on using this fall. Anyway, as you do when you're doing heavy labor, I got thirsty and I come back to the house to get a drink where I see Sarah at the counter preparing dinner and talking on speakerphone. 
I recognized the voice instantly as my brother-in-law Marty now This is where my brain gets totally twisted Marty asked Sarah where her sister Evelyn is as he's been trying to get in contact with her And she's not answering texts and I hear Sarah say to him. She just left here She should be home in a half hour or so. It should be noted that Evelyn is Marty's wife of five years. I have to admit that I didn't immediately register what she had just said because I went into the kitchen and grabbed a glass and asked Sarah, what was all that about? And she responds with, Marty was looking for Evie. I see her texting and I ask her, what are you doing? And she says, I'm texting Evie that Marty was looking for her. Anyway, I pour myself a drink, sit down, have a sip and then finally my brain starts to work first off i heard sarah tell marty that evelyn was here evelyn was not here and the last time we saw her was yesterday when she came over to work on some last minute wedding decoration stuff with sarah secondly why is she texting evelyn and expecting a response when i distinctly heard marty that evelyn wasn't answering her texts and lastly Why the heck would she tell Marty that Evelyn should be back in 30 minutes unless she either knows where she is, then why does she lie, or she is right now in front of me texting her to tell her to get her butt home quickly. The only conclusion that I came up with is that Sarah is lying to Marty about the whereabouts of her sister, Marty's wife, and is probably warning Evie that Marty will expect her home in half an hour. I then spent probably the next five hours concocting various explanations for this behavior some decent some downright horrible and playing them back in my head i wanted really badly to ask sarah about this but at the same time if what i think is going on is going on then i doubted i'd get a straight answer i've got to interject here i would have to ask right there and then i'd have to ask sarah first of all see what she says and second of all gauge her emotions and her reaction when she says what she's saying trying to work out if there is a legitimate reason here or if she may be covering up for evelyn so that brings me to about an hour ago i woke up at around 1 a.m to use the toilet and i couldn't resist the urge to check sarah's phone we both know each other's pins so this wasn't a difficult thing to do anyway i grabbed the phone retreated to the bathroom and unlocked it and yep It was exactly what I was afraid of and probably what most of you were expecting. Sarah's sister Evelyn has been having an affair for about six months with a co-worker and Sarah has been helping Evelyn cover it up for almost that entire time. There are literally hundreds of texts between them discussing it, discussing the co-worker, discussing sex stuff, really embarrassing things about my brother-in-law and probably uncharitable just stuff that makes my stomach churn and here is my soon-to-be wife going along with all of it without batting an eye she's doing this to her own brother wow i took some screenshots of the entire thread put the phone back where i found it and then retreated to my home office to find myself here typing it all out on reddit simply so i can avoid the primal scream that wants to come out of my mouth right now i am totally 100 screwed reddit i cannot marry sarah i just cannot do it i can't think of any reasonable excuse that she could offer me about assisting her sister in this affair and victimizing not only marty but their two-year-old daughter as well oh my gosh it gets worse on the other hand myself my family sarah and her family have all sunk an enormous amount of money into a wedding that is supposed to happen in around two weeks 
there's no way we're getting any of that money back. On top of that, I feel like an absolute fool. Like, how did I not know this woman was like this? And what the heck am I going to do? I can't marry her. I absolutely cannot. However, I still want to. She's beautiful and fun and kind, and I thought we had a bright future ahead of us. She's never done anything wrong to me, but I just can't see her the same now. It's like a big black stain on an otherwise beautiful picture. I just don't know how the frick I got this so wrong, and I'm absolutely dreading doing what I know I need to do. I feel like I want to vomit or break something. Well, there we go. I thought the first story was pretty bad, but this one is maybe even worse. I mean, come on. At least if you're proposing to someone or planning on proposing to somebody, the only real outlay is going to be, yeah, perhaps a venue, but most importantly, the ring, right? In terms of an expense. With a wedding, though, that is tens of thousands of pounds, probably tens of thousands of dollars and a whole host of people that have been invited and uh, yeah, goodness me. I guess the only good thing is now that, you know, this whole thing has come out with Evelyn cheating on Marty, it's going to take some of the spotlight away from your cancelled wedding, at least. I mean, it's not really much of a consolation, but perhaps it's true. Opie has actually said in an edit down below that he doesn't need convincing, by the way. Like, he's not after the people of Reddit or us to try and convince him not to marry his fiance. He's already confirmed that he's just not doing that. But I mean, yeah, from his perspective, just what a terrible thing to do. I, I, again, I have to agree with him. If somebody is capable of doing that, first of all, covering up cheating of any sort is just awful if you know about it. But doing that to your own brother, then yeah. Clearly, they're just an untrustworthy person. I'm sorry they are, despite the fact that you, you feel like you know her extremely well, obviously. But then secondly, you have no idea what they might do in the future and what they could possibly do to you. If they're capable of that, they're capable of doing something just as bad to you. I'm sorry, it's just the truth. I slept with a girl who has revealed to me something extremely disturbing. I've been chatting with this girl. I don't know that I necessarily saw a future with her from the go, but we got along started hooking up and while we weren't exclusive or officially labeled we were circling that relationship arena after some time she would sleep over from time to time and i'd stay at her place too and this is where it all unraveled we spent the evening together at her place and decided that i'd stay the night she showered and got ready for bed before me because i decided to shave my beard and the cleanup took a bit of time i showered and i was finishing up when i started to hear her giggling and laughing hysterically in bed I can't hear what she's watching because of the bathroom fan, so I figured she's watching something funny. This keeps on going for a while, and I'm now laughing too because she has a contagious laugh. So I'm eager to plop into bed with this girl to see what's so funny. It wasn't funny. It was straight not safe for life gore videos of terrorists torturing and shooting captives, live leak style, people falling off buildings, gang tortures, etc. Now, I've seen all this stuff before out of morbid curiosity and videos like that make me a bit more cautious about life and give me a refreshed appreciation for it. But I don't find it funny. This girl was crying, laughing and acted like I shouldn't be surprised. I didn't say anything. I slept with one eye open. This was last night. I changed the door lock code to my house. I don't know yet how I'm going to end this, but it's happening. And in the small off chance you, the girl I'm seeing, reads this, you are freaking crazy. Yeah, just leave. Get out of there immediately. I mean, what is this? How can someone possibly enjoy 
watching this sort of content. I'll be honest with you guys as well. I'm quite similar to OP. I have seen a decent amount of this. I mean, I say a decent amount. I've seen the odd video here and there. Because to be fair, like OP, I do think it's sometimes important to know what is going on in the world and to appreciate how lucky I am in my spot that I don't have to deal with this sort of stuff. But enjoying it? What? I mean, psychologically, something terrible is going on with this with this woman and you've done the right thing by not even bothering to try and chat about it just get out so weird let's move on my girlfriend has a gift and i'm terrified okay this sounds insane but i i don't know anymore i am a 27 year old man and i've known my girlfriend who is 24 for around seven years and she's always been a bit odd not in a bad way but she's very empathetic and too kind for her own good she also has chronic depression anxiety and bpd a few months into us dating she would do this thing where she would text me to hydrate or eat or stretch or relax my muscles the works i didn't think much of it honestly like those are very common things that people forget to do then she got more specific example being hey pop your left shoulder or it will start to hurt later tonight or she'd buy me foods that i was craving without me asking or send me reassurance when I was feeling low. Even those, however, I was able to brush off with ease. Like what nearly 30 year old doesn't have aches and pains, you know? It was like that for months and occasionally I'd ask her how she knew I hadn't hydrated all day or how she knew I wanted one of my cravings to which she'd always respond with, it's a gift, cool, huh? I figured she was bluffing and kept getting lucky but now I don't think that's the case. Last week, she called off work and rushed over. I asked her why she felt the need to do that and she said she felt compelled an hour later we got the news a family member i was close to passed here i have to note she is close with my parents but they don't talk outside of family gatherings so there's no way she would have known prior to the call she stayed by my side the rest of the week and confided in me that she was a different religion than i am she's a hellenistic pagan and i'm a baptist and that she got the urge to call off work when she was cleaning up her altar I was a bit shaken up, but ultimately I was just glad that she was there with me. This weekend, we went to visit her dad. She suggested it because he lives outside of a tourist trap town and we could use the vacation. I agreed and it was a fantastic trip. On the ride there, she confessed that she doesn't like my job because it's dangerous. Now it wouldn't be, and I don't think it is at any of the other shops, but we simply don't have the equipment to do what we claim we can. So we have to jerry rig quite a bit. I explained this to her and she just reiterated she wants me to be careful. I promised I would be and she dropped it. I had tried my best to not tell her about how sketchy it gets sometimes or that we actually had a workplace incident recently, but the way she talked, it felt like she knew. Throughout the drive from her dad's to the town, the drive was anxiety inducing. We're talking heavy rain plus bad drivers and my car was acting up. Yet my usually anxious girlfriend with car wreck trauma was unfazed. When I inquired about it at dinner, she said she knew we wouldn't wreck. I asked how she could possibly know that and she said, I have a gift and I should just trust her on this. It was hard, but I did my best. When I was dropping her off, she warned me to be on the lookout for deer and to drive safe. Two somewhat normal statements given where we live, but I didn't think it meant, hey, there's gonna be a deer in the middle of the road, so don't hit it. It was just the icing on the cake and I still don't get this gift. The next morning, she's gushing about how much she liked our weekend and how much she loves spending time with me, how we need to do it again, blah, blah, blah. She then mentions how I need to be careful on the drive there. Lo and behold, there was a wreck on my commute. I got to witness it. At lunch, she asks if I'm okay. 
which uh, I kind of had just gotten a cut on my arm. I'm a mechanic, so it's common. I asked her if she could stop being so weird and to just chill because life is being weird and I'm not feeling it. She said, okay, but how do you think I feel? I'm just stuck like this. I apologized and she agreed she would chill and told me she didn't mean to scare me, but now I'm super weirded out by her. Okay, now this one is really, really strange. Personally, I do not believe in anything um, kind of fantastical or, you know, illogical. So someone being able to do this sort of thing, almost predicting things that are going to happen to you, even though it is impossible that they could know these things are going to happen. I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. It does seem almost inexplicable. But you could argue that perhaps this girl just really likes you and is doting on you op and is just looking out for you and has just got a little bit lucky or there have been a few coincidences you know individually these things aren't the craziest claims to make say don't hit a deer there could be a deer on the road you never know or be safe at your work maybe she does know that it's actually quite unsafe to be fair i would honestly recommend changing jobs it doesn't sound the best work environment it does sound pretty sketchy but back to back to back to back i don't know i can't really explain that as i said i do not at all believe in kind of the fantasy world or people that can kind of predict these sort of things or you know like mind readers or people that can see the future however let me know in the comments down below uh what do you think is going on here because i have no idea someone in the comments down below has said look it sounds like you've got a good thing going a girl who loves you likes spending time with you that's better than any man has the right to ask for don't self-sabotage also if your girl is a wizard then that's cool as frick good luck my dude there you go that is i couldn't have said it better myself maybe she is just a wizard and if so you're dating a wizard that's pretty freaking cool now for our next true off my chest post i'm in shock my date died i'm a waitress at a restaurant and there was this guy who started coming into my job about a month ago just moved from california to my small town he was cute funny sweet and we really hit it off he turned all the other girls down at the job and everyone started teasing me saying he was my boyfriend last sunday he finally asked for my number after weeks of chemistry it was so exciting we'd go on smoke breaks together and we talked every time i worked he became a regular we started texting consistently to find out we had the same music taste hobbies he drew me we just talked we shared a lot of the same interests he finally asked me on a date thursday night but he drove a motorcycle and it was raining and I asked to reschedule. He wanted to take me to a nice fancy restaurant for our first date. He said I was beautiful, sweet and worth it. I was so excited. So we rescheduled for the next day. Around five, he asked me if he could bring me dinner and I was grocery shopping and I said I'd let him know. At 5.19, he said I was worth it. I texted him trying to get a time for our date for the next day. No answer. I asked him, you okay? No answer. The next morning, I texted him, no answer. My coworker let me know Friday morning that 5.30 p.m. Thursday night, he was hit by an SUV 10 minutes after his text message. He was going straight and the SUV couldn't wait. It was a horrible wreck. I went to work today and had to take breaks because I couldn't look at his spot without tearing up. He kept telling me he liked me and wanted to take me out and just couldn't wait. I'm having such a hard time dealing with this. Oh man, OP, this is truly awful. I mean, look, of course, it's it's a terrible thing to happen overall. But let's just focus on you, OP, because it is your post. Um, It's just that not knowing, isn't it? It's that unknowing because who knows? This genuinely could have been your life partner. It's, it's, the not, it's the not knowing that's going to be on your mind probably for a long, long time. And yeah, you're going to have to deal with that. And I'm not quite sure how you will but so cruel. You didn't even get started. You didn't even get the chance to 
to really, really get to know this person and see how things were going to go. But yeah, just horrible, really. Sometimes it's, it's the early ones, isn't it? When you, you know, you have all those ifs and buts and what could have been around, around an individual and then that gets taken away. I mean, look, often not as cruelly as this where someone actually tragically loses their life. But for whatever reason, and that can be more painful than, you know, breaking up with someone, your partner for like years and years. I mean, even a divorce. It can be. Yeah, just truly awful situation. Take your time with it because you shouldn't feel like, oh, I didn't even go on a date with this person. Therefore, I shouldn't be grieving like this. No, this might take a very, very long time. Who knows? To the nurse who held my hand after my stillbirth. To Nurse Kate at OSF. I know it's your job. I know you were getting paid to be there. However, you are the reason I'm alive right now. It's been nearly six months and I haven't forgotten what you did for me. The minute my son was born sleeping, my soon-to-be ex-husband let go and walked out of the room. But you were there. You stood up for me against the nurse who was trying to get me to hold my baby when I wasn't ready. You heard me cry out for the man who helped me create my son and cried alongside me when we realized he wasn't coming back in. You never asked why I didn't have anyone else to call or to be there with me. I've realized that when you tell someone you have no one, it looks like you are the problem, that something is wrong with you if nobody cares about you. You made sure my entire hospital stay was away from the babies and gave me noise-canceling headphones. It might have been against hospital policy, but you came back when I got discharged and helped me get to a motel. You stood beside me, helping me hold the empty car seat and labor bag because I refused to leave it. You didn't ask why a grown woman didn't have any money of my own. You set me up with the resources I needed for counseling. You told me hell had a basement and I was standing in it, but that I didn't have to stay there. Your kindness and support has kept me motivated. I started teaching again. Things still suck. Living is hard and people in my real life are continually showing me I don't matter. Even though it was your job, you showed me more love than anyone ever has. That might sound pathetic and this might be a stupid post to some people because odds are you will never read this, but thank you. Wow, what a person Kate is. And I have to say, I just, I really hope that she sees this. We've got to get this to Kate. We just have to because she may never know the effect that she's had on this woman. She's, she's saved a life here, as OP has said. What, a, what an individual she, she, uh, she is. Just a genuine angel of a person. And yeah, OP, you're right. It is her job, but it isn't her job to do a number of the things that, that you said here, right? It's not her job to get you a motel it's not her job to to help you necessarily to the car and with the empty car seat and and labor bag it's definitely not her job to give you the resources that you need for counseling and you know give you all that unbelievable reassurance give you noise cancelling headphones i mean the only thing that is her job is for her to deliver your baby and after that everything else that she did was just unbelievable that's a fair play look terrible situation once again but wow kate what's a woman and now for our final true off my chest post of this episode i very truly cannot stand my daughter do not get me wrong i love her she is my flesh and blood but i cannot stand being around her she is trashy political opinions on facebook those my wife is born in december and is crazy do not mess with her or you'll find my body shirts bought for her boyfriend does not care if she looks bad or stinks in public i'm not saying you have to be dressed to the nines to go to the grocery store or even that you shouldn't wear pajamas i mean visible stains greasy hair to go out to eat or clothes shop claims she is so country and redneck we raised her in a small town but it isn't a rural one not that it would make a difference or that rural living is bad, just that she's not country or redneck. I went to visit her the other week. She lives a state away. 
Her house is filthy and doesn't look nice. She has the money to live a nice life, but she chooses to live in squalor. This is not the girl I raised and me and my husband cannot stand being around her and it breaks my heart. She's not pleasant to talk to anymore. I'm sure some will ask if she is doing okay mentally. I've asked and she says yes. She's not showing signs of depression from what I've seen. She's declined any help to clean up her home. Not quite a hoard, but not clean or a home for anyone and says she likes her how it is. When she visits us, she shows no respect for our space. Dirty dishes left about, her things strewn everywhere, eats everything from our pantry. I'm not one to turn down food for my children, even though they're grown-ups, but if you're visiting for a few days, I shouldn't have to spend $200 just on food for you. That food was for all our kids who visited, not just her. I don't know why she changed this way. Her husband was redneck, but not trashy and disrespectful like this when we met. They've both given up and I'm not sure why. I wish I could like my daughter, but I can't. I don't even want to invite her for the holidays. She smells like cigarettes and BO. Okay, I don't want to be too cynical here, but I am pretty sure, and look, we don't have loads and loads of context here, but I am pretty sure that there is some form of substance abuse at play. Now, I'm jumping to conclusions there, I know, but to see such a change in not just one individual but also her husband as well it seems like he is very different from when they first met something must have happened there's got to be a new factor added into the equation that can explain this if you're 100 sure it's not a mental health issue then the only thing i can think is is that it is a is to do with substance abuse what else could it possibly be nobody who is kind of sane would ever want to live like this so i feel like yeah something's gone wrong there's another factor at large and uh, it's a real shame but hopefully you can support her enough to, to get to the stage where she can open up and tell you what's really going on or just get the help that she needs. I don't know. It is a tough spot. She is your daughter after all. But yeah, you don't really want someone to be around you that, that absolutely stinks. I can't disagree with that. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.